Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. For logbook servicing you can rely on, you need to make the right choice. You need trained professionals who are fully qualified to service your car according to manufacturer's specifications. For real peace of mind and a nationwide warranty, book in or book online at repcoservice.com. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Support strong, healthy bones with Swiss Vitamin D 400 capsules, now only $24.99 at Chemist Warehouse. And Kogan Mobile, New Zealand's cheapest unlimited prepay plans. Visit koganmobile.co.nz. This is Izzy and Kempe for breakfast on SENZ. G'day, morning, Morena, how you doing? First of November, Izzy and Kempe for breakfast, SCNZ, welcome into the show, four minutes past six o'clock this morning, Louis here uh, sitting in with Kempe, Izzy is in Melbourne because I guess it's the first of November but it's also the first Tuesday of November which means Kempe, it is the race that stops a nation plus another nation plus a couple more. <laughs> the Cup. The Cup Day's here. The Cup Day's here. Falls on the first, um, first Tuesday of the month. Yeah, look, it's, it's. I've been told this morning they're meant to get hail over there this morning, so it's pretty cold. Um, so may have to rejig the form a little bit uh, coming in today, but. Yeah, big day, mate, big day, big day of racing all over the place. No matter where you're going and you're wondering what people are doing walking in and out of bars this afternoon while they're there for Cup Day, there's a heap of parties going around town up here in Auckland. I know that you're going to one, Louis, and um, I'm, I'm a pretty good shot of showing up there myself, I think, today. 
after some uh, some news last night about uh, whether or not I'll cruise out to watch our boy running, uh, I think it's race eight, no, race seven out there. Belmarino Stakes. Belmarino Stakes. Um, yeah, it was hoping for a little bit more rain, but uh, it's meant to be fining up today. Heavy nine so far, probably coming a little bit more, wouldn't you think? I'd say so. So you're right, Kempi. It's Melbourne Cup Day, but it just feels like a Saturday. And I yesterday was last night. I had a feeling like it wasn't Tuesday. I wasn't going to sleep to wake up on a Tuesday. There was no work dread. Not that I have any work dread anyway. But there was no qualm of the 4 a.m. alarm. It was more like, oh. We get to punt tomorrow, and don't worry, I've already had some bets, and I'll share you my bets throughout the day. So we will find winners at Randwick, we'll find winners at Wingatui, we will find winners at Pukekohe, and we will goddamn find winners at Flemington, Kempe. Yeah, I'm fired up for a big day. Uh, it, it is a great day, and we've got a huge show to reflect it. A couple of racing-specific segments we're going to roll out, a couple non Actually, they are racing. Hayden Wild. He's racing. He's a racing legend. He, he is. <laughs> Mate, he's he's light years ahead of his age. He's a good when you, dude. When you talk to him, he is so switched on. Yeah. No wonder he's at the top of the game. Yeah, we caught up with Hayden Wild because he's in Abu Dhabi, and um, we used the old how's this? We used the old Baz Black Magic to get him on because he's been shut out of his WhatsApp accounts and, and Facebooks. Um, he needs a special sort of VPN. But we remember when the IPL was rescheduled last year for Abu Dhabi and we wanted to get Baz on every other week. So we ended up having to find some internet systems that worked and he was kind of like, oh my God, this actually works. I haven't been able to talk to my family. Can I get my family in the studio to (laughs) have a chat with them? I thought he was going to ask. He didn't. Um, But we've got Hayden Wild on the show and he's, well, he's just won the um, Match Racing Series over in... Uh, on the triathlon world stage, and he's pocketed himself like nearly, I think he's over 250k New Zealand, which is a deserving pay packet of a dude that's been... Got a little kitty for today. Yeah, yeah, we'll talk to him about the <laughs> Melbourne Cup, see if we can get him to find us a winner, eh? And uh, other than that, we're going to talk racing out at Pukekohe. So this race meet would usually be at Ellerslie on Melbourne Cup Day. Yeah, I'm right. sure you've spent times there, Kempe, Melbourne Cup days. yeah. Plenty. Yeah, as have we all, but with Auckland Thoroughbred Racing and Ellerslie under construction, um, we're out at Pukekohe today, so we'll find out what's happening out there, Kim, because you've got a horse racing. We'll see if we can find a trainer that has a, a good idea of a, the track conditions and a couple of winners maybe to boot. Andrew Seabrook, Seabs, our old pal, New Zealand Bloodstock Managing Director, one of the good guys in racing and a wealth of knowledge mm. on Melbourne Cups, how, how to win them, uh, what breeding wins them. And breeding is such an influential part of racing industry that it'd be good to catch up with Andrew to see what we're looking for on a day like today because he's also in Melbourne, so he'll give us weather and track conditions from over there. So he's over there with Baz and Izzy and the crew, so we'll get Seebs on the show and hear from him. And then at 8.40, this is huge, and I can't tell you exactly what it is just yet. But Steve Lancaster from New Zealand Rugby, he's the GM of Community Rugby, he's going to come in to studio at about 20 to uh, 9 this morning. And we've kind of got an exclusive first crack at some news for you. So the news isn't out yet. He's going to be announcing it on the show. It involves community rugby and I would say 
game-changing and potentially sport-changing rule changes for the longevity of the game. So we'll hear from Steve Lancaster in the 8 o'clock hour, and um, Kempi, I've given you the tip, and it will change the way we, can, well, we perceive the sport. Yeah, well, it's actually, I've got my own take on it. I think uh, I like it, to be honest. I've been thinking about it um, all night since I since I uh, was told by you what, what to expect today. So I've got some good opinion on it, and I would like to talk to Steve about that. Hard case, when you're talking about Baz then and the VPM numbers and stuff like that. My my alarm clock woke me up this morning. I was actually dreaming about Bears. Oh, yeah, and he was interviewing me down in um, what is it, Cuba Mall in Wellington, and on a on a on a on a table that I sit down. I've sat down there and had a coffee on this table, and a heap of people around asking me about dislocated shoulders. I walk in the first thing I say to Neeps this morning. You're ready for push-ups? He goes, I can't do them. Remember, because he's a dislocated shoulder. So all this stuff's coming back. I'm going, oh man, that's what I was. That's right. Was, Baz was interviewing me about my dislocating my shoulder for the second time, and. And I, I was getting all tearful about this, telling Baz this interview. Mate, then my alarm goes off. I was right in the middle of one of the, probably the deepest interviews I was ever given someone, the old Baz McCullum. And you go and mention that on, yeah, we can you can dial him up like that. I was, yeah, just thought I'd share that what is, Twilight Zone with you. What, what does this all mean, Gimpy? I'm trying to find hold it. Hold on, so hold I've on. I've got one here. I've got one down here. I've written down one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. And I've got seven names here because my mum used to always say, "Pick your horses." She picks them on names. Well, and dreams and dreams, surely. And so I'm looking in through the I'm looking in through the races today because it's hailing, it's snowing, it's raining, it's wet. There's gonna be a smoky. I reckon one of those big trifectas is gonna come in today. You know how you always get a big trifecta in a Melbourne Cup. I'm looking here. I'm gonna try and put together a twilight pick. <laughs> Tempe's Twilight pick. Brilliant. Well, look, I've had so many. You know, this is a funny time of year because I, as you'd know, I don't mind a punt and I don't mind horse racing. Like, I kind of enjoy it as a personally and professionally as something I do in my spare time and not in my spare time as well. So, this time of year, the people that come out of the woodwork asking for the Melbourne Cup winner, and I'm like, I don't know. I've got <laughs> mate, can you tell us? <laughs> I've got no more I've got no more idea than you do. This like the Melbourne Cup is it's a crapshoot every single year. Yeah, it's the best race and there's prestige and it's great and I love the Melbourne Cup, but at the same time, if I could not have a bet in the Melbourne Cup ever again, no skit off my nose. I'd love to never punt the Melbourne Cup. I always get sucked into it and right. having a ticket each year because you feel like the ceremony and you kind of get swept up in it. But trying to find the winner of the Melbourne Cup, especially in a year like this where the weather's going to be weird, there's no real strong form lines to follow. Like, none of these are star Melbourne Cup horses. That's exactly right. We don't think. It's hard. So the people coming out of the woodwork, you know, my school teacher, my second cousin, my ex-colleagues, and I all just say the same thing. I just end up copying and pasting four numbers and just sending it off, and I just throw darts. <laughs> Probably a better chance. Well, that's, I reckon that's the best way to do it today, is to, is to throw some randoms out there and, and back them. Um, and, you know, I, I sort of like when, you, when you're talking, to, last year I was talking to my son about the Melbourne Cup, you know, I said, oh, let's take a trifecta. What's that, Dad? 
you know, oh, you pick you pick a few horses and you put them in, put them, you know, put them, you box them, and they can come in in any order and hopefully get some money. Well, he just randomly picked a horse, and I picked three. We boxed them and we got the trifecta. You know oh, what I mean? Beautiful. And I think that that's probably the best way to do Melbourne Cup is you get a bunch of mates and you say, "What do you like?" You throw throw in a kitty and you box them and take a percentage of the trifecta. And, gen- and I think today, if you do it that way, I think you're going to get a decent trifecta today. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I hear you, Kempe. I'll, I'll tell you what I love the Melbourne Cup for. Um, it's the shop window for the racing industry, and and it really it is the day where you can walk around the viaduct or you walk around your office and you get that kind of general natter about oh, horse racing. sweepstakes. Yeah, and you get that general natter about horse racing, and it's a really warm feeling, and it makes you feel good, and it makes you feel like your passion is, you know, with the mainstream. Not that something I typically care about, but it is the shop window, and it's important that it's done well. You also get the detractors, the uh, nup-to-the-cup numpties that... Head- can, I, can I just talk a little bit about that yep. yesterday? You know, like, I was really... I was heartbroken yesterday after talking to Mark Chittick you know, on the radio when he said that he had $500,000 to give away um, to Starship Hospital and then he tried to give it away to another New Zealand um, firm for Kids for Can, kids, I think it was. Kids Can. And because of a a policy that that has been delivered by the, the governors, these kids have missed out. Um, to be honest, I, was, I know how hard it is for some... Some people I've had family, I've had friends have to travel up from from down the line to stay at Starship. It's cost them an absolute fortune to do that. Um, they've had to go and find the money somewhere to to take it in there, and, and all this under the duress of of their children being not well. And could you imagine someone walked in and offered you five hundred thousand dollars? The amount of, I guess joy that would bring to a number of families that were trying to make ends meet to, to, to get their kids to that hospital. And I just think, you know, I know we never had a chance to talk about it yesterday, but there has to be some common sense around this. Like, there has to be. Mark Chittick is a good bloke. You know what I mean? He, he His heart's in the right place. This was a, this was a, a honestly, I, I got, as soon as he said it, I got goosebumps. They, you know, it, it rolled out, it worked out to 500 grand. He's won the biggest race ever. Yes, it's racing, it's gambling, it's all that sort of stuff. But Mark Chittick and his and the goodness of his heart is saying, actually I want to give it back to Starship. I want to help I want to help a heap of families. And then he's not been able to get it across the line. And I just think sometimes, you know, you've got to actually think logically and with common sense and say, actually what good is this going to bring to to um to the hospital, to our families, to to our kids, and in, the, in this situation, they missed out big time. Well, it can be. It didn't take long for exactly what you're saying to come to the surface, because we got a message just after Mark jumped off, and we didn't have time to get to it yesterday. But I hope you're listening, Johnny, because I really appreciated your message. Uh, he says, "Morning, guys. I am extremely disappointed in Starship. My daughter is currently on the wait list for a much needed heart surgery, which will be second, and." Due to a lack of funding and bids, we keep getting pushed back. Surely there is, surely they need to take a look at how they could have made this work in their processes. And that's and that's what I'm saying. And that's Johnny who, you know, like when you, I mean, I don't, oh, you, you'd be able to talk to it, Kempi, but I only can imagine there's nothing more 
that you even worry about than the well-being of your kids? Oh, mate, I, I've been through it. I've been through it with my daughter. Um, I, there's, there is nothing, mate. Just said, dead set. There's, you just don't think of anything else except the health and well, um, well-being of your child, you know. So, um, yeah, when, when, he, when he said that yesterday, I, you know, you know when you're going, what are you, what are you thinking? Like what that, that thought? Like what are you actually? Because I'm, I'm base a lot of stuff on common sense, you know, like logic yeah. and common sense. And I'm, I'm just going there. Surely, you would have got off the phone and said, "Hey, Mark, we've got a problem here, but I'm going to go away and I'm actually going to try and make this work." Had to be a workaround. It, it, yeah, there had to be a workaround because if you've got someone like Johnny saying, "Mate, sorry, Johnny, we haven't got enough beds and we can't, we've got to push you back," and and you're sitting there and your heart's in your mouth because your child's sick, and there's someone going. Well, ha- actually, here's a ha- here's a handout. We want to we want to give you a donation, and they say no, mate. I'm th- I just can't see the I can't see the logic. Well, I, I, seriously, I can't. Uh, and you know, like you poll nine out of ten people, you poll ten people on the street, nine or ten of them are going to say that's crazy. This is not drug money. This is not gang money. This is money which is legitimately garnered through. Well, yes, well, it props up our sport. There is takes out there are takeouts from gambling and levies and and punters' pockets. Sure, but this is consensual. This is legal. This is real. How, as you say, that's how sports are funded in New Zealand. Everybody gets a cut of it. It's for good. And do you know what the big issue would be? And we haven't had it confirmed, but I know there are a couple of people working in the background trying to figure it out. If they're taking money from lotteries already, yeah. which there's a good chance they probably are, I don't it's know that for a fact. Yeah, it is cooked. That is then becomes a horse racing situation where, for whatever reason, there's a stigma around it where Johnny's kids and people are suffering because of a an opinion that is probably uneducated, to be honest, about what horse racing is. And I think that's why Mark wanted to share that because he's a good bloke. He cares about his horses. He cares about his whanau. He's got beautiful kids, George and Charlotte, and he's got. A big heart, and it must have been so devastating for and him it's to Mark, get. And it's Mark Chittick, so you th- the the well is not empty. You know what I mean? Like, are yeah. you, what are you guys thinking? You governors that are sitting there, yes, you're 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 at the top of your game, and you all come and you know they're they're probably really good people, but in this situation, you're making a really bad decision, and they need to be held. Personally, I think they need to be held accountable because the well is not dry with this type of um, support. If Mark Chiddick decides to do that, who do you else? Who else do you think would follow him into it, mate? You, you it could have been the start of a relationship. Hundred percent, and they could have changed seen it. so many lives. Um, I hope there's a look. With all this said, I hope that there's a legitimate reason. I hope that there was there is something policy written, and it just there wasn't a workaround in time. And hopefully, we can find well, out a bit more. Well. <laughs> Honestly, because this is where my mind goes. So are you then saying, you know, because you come from a, like, you, then you're now you, you're saying when, how are you going to treat people? Are you saying that because this kid comes from this gang family and this kid over here comes from this well-to-do family that we're not going to treat that kid? You know what I mean? You, you start to think all these type of things. Like, you're, you're, you're actually segregating communities based on a, a governor's thought. When seriously... <laughs> You can't go, well, like you just said, well, we're not going to take it from racing game, but we'll take it from lotteries if that's true. Now you're getting into some really grey area. 
podcast this, Neeps. Let's get it up there. Let's just start spreading and spruiking this topic a little bit. We'll get it online because I don't think it's right. Kempi doesn't think it's right. What do you think? Double eight, double three, or oh eight hundred one five zero eight eleven. Do you know anybody that's in need as well? Like, if this is, if you're like Johnny and this would have actually helped you or someone in your life, how does it make you feel? Would love to hear from you uh, this morning. But just while we park that slightly, make sure you send your messages through. Can't wait question of the day. Oh, I don't know. I don't know who's going to win it. Do you? 0800 Who wins the Melbourne Cup? Give me a call. Give Kempi a call. Who is the 2022 Melbourne Cup winner? Double eight, double three. Here at Chemist Warehouse, great savings every day. Let's compile a bag of tips, send them through, and we'll get to all of them after this. 50 metres left to go. Kiyomare being tackled by Mr Jazz and Noble Comet. Mr Jazz on the outside. Noble Comet the centre. Kiyomare. No peer running on. Noble Comet on the inside. And Mr Jazz. Noble Comet takes the lead. Kiwi. Kiwi will beat them all. It's come from last. Kiwi. Kiwi's won the Melbourne Cup. A blistering performance what a memory kiwi 83 what a what a what a one i actually um i actually just did a function with the uh the great mr cassidy and uh, he talked about that race and he said he, he said he knew he was going to win the race when the train the trainer of another runner in that race went that's the horse to beat when he when he rode past it in the mountain yard yeah and he said he just sat on it, and when he let him go, he knew he said he just had plenty underneath him. Great, yeah. the great Waverley champion Kiwi. Oh, and it was awesome to see that statue um, that's up there now. It's he Bumper. almost he almost won too well. It was just it was unbelievable. He was never going to lose. Um, double eight, double three. Who's your Melbourne Cup tip? Cam has come through. Reckons it's going to be a hard day on the punt. He's tipping race two and a Tate each way. Oh, I thought the short one was going to be way hard to beat. In race two, Cam. Winger two, race five, automatic. Uh, follow this even if it doesn't win today, he reckons. Okay, but who wins the Melbourne Cup, Cam? Here's a, here's a text. <laughs> Come on, Cam, have a crack. And I, by the way, I, I have got my numbers sorted. I do think I have an idea who might win it. And um, look, this text isn't too far away from my opinion. Interesting cup facts. No horses have won from barrier 18. Wow, number six without a fight. Most wins... Is barrier 11 for Montefilia. Most unluckiest number is 18. 18 Luna Flair. Wow, she's unlucky. She's being vetted at the moment, isn't she? Winningest number is, uh, sorry, um, winningest number is number four, Montefilia. Wait, so you're telling me the barrier with the most wins is 11 where Montefilia is, and the winningest number at the Melbourne Cup is four, which is Montefilia. Four-year-olds and five-year-olds normally win with 90 times, while six-year-olds have won three times in the last nine years. Yes, they have. Montefilia is five. See, he's doing doing a twilight bet too. He's a twilight bet. I think I might have found my twilight bet. I think I've got the frames up on my twilight twilight bet. You want to hear it? Yeah. So Baz is talking to me. And I reckon in your dream, I, I, yeah. So I reckon he's he's actually going to end up on the knight's order, Sir Baz. So I'm going to chuck knight's order in. He's a bit of a stocky man, Baz. So I'm going to chuck Stockman in. And I used to love smoking the Aussies, so I'm going to put smoking Romans in. 
And at the end of the day, she's given me plenty of flowers, mate. Plenty of it'd be dripping, coming down. I'm gonna put round of flowers in. That's me. That's me frame. So, give us your numbers. Night's order. What number's that? Let's have a let's have a quick t- let's have a quick look. Three. Night's order. Yep, I've got Stockman. Nine. The old stocky man. Smoking Romans. Oh, the Kiwi bread. From the South Island. And Rama Flowers. Just quietly bears that I'm on to Durry back in his day as well. There, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> and 24. Oh, we bouquet for Kimpy. There you go. Kimpy's numbers, 3991924. Well, what are yours? Double eight, double three, come through. And Mark says, morning, boys, and aroha. Just an idea. Is there a way, Mark? Chitta, can you see can make their own charity? I, for one, would donate. My kids are everything, and New Zealand kids of the future. Bang on, Mark. And Bloomer said, morning, fellas. Just walking around Ring, you're a golf course, preparing the mind for betting today. I follow an online pokies player, and he's donated decent amounts to Ronald McDonald House in Christchurch, so surely Starship can take there's good luck today, Bloomers. Bloomers, good on you, mate. Well done, Bloomers. Thanks for that information. Good stuff. 29 away from seven. We'll get some sports headlines. By the way, our first set of press-ups for November They're have been out. done. Drive, or the run home, I should say. We're on the board. What about you? Make sure you don't miss one. Every ad break, 10 press-ups. Ooh, okay. Not news breaks, though. Not news breaks, I'm told. <laughs> 29 away from seven. You won't fit through the door, beaver. Here's Aroha with the news for Kubota together with Shaping and Building New Zealand. CNZ, we're 27 and a bit away from 7am this morning. Hope your Tuesday has started well. I'm thirsty already because it's Melbourne Cup Day. I can't wait for today. Uh, at Bunnings Trade, helping business is our trade. Here to make your job easier. A bit of sports news from around the world. Well, the replay of the All Blacks Japanese game is on the tally right now. Barnstorming Caleb Clark. Gee, was at full flight. He is something. Well, his old mate Roger Tuivasa-Shek has been sent back into the All Blacks 15. Uh, a massive resignation from the All Blacks management that he just would not be playing for the All Blacks which tells you exactly where he is in the reckons as far as the midfield or the right wing stocks go. So Roger is off. Uh, Max Verstappen, wowee. He is a dominant champion when he won the Mexico City Grand Prix. Um, He became outright as the only person to have 14 victories in a year. Landmark, huge. That is a massive result for Max Verstappen and Red Bull Racing. And tonight, well, Kempe, you'll love this. We've got a chance to send the Poms packing at the T20 World Cup. Win and wear in to the semi-final. We're probably a good chance to make it regardless. But lose and uh, maybe on the booze. I don't know, is that a saying? The Poms? The Poms. They'll be doing Mad Monday. On the lash, they say. Yeah. On the lash. Yeah, yeah, Mad, up, Mad up Monday. There, yeah. So, so if they win, though, the Poms are the Aussies out? 
No, the, the, the Aussies got a good win last night against Ireland. So that yep. so it goes, it'll get tight. They've still got a game each to come, except Australia play um, Afghanistan. I'm pretty sure, and I'm pretty sure the English play Sri Lanka. So it gets a little bit tight. Then it comes down to net run rates and mm. that sort of thing. So that hiding we gave Australia in the first game, hiding we gave Australia in the first game. It could come back to bite them. But at the same time, we could do them a favour and knock the Poms out. Oh, good game. Tonight. Good game to watch. On ECNZ. Yeah. Live. From nine, is it, Joe? Yeah, about that. Make sure you... 8.30. Daniel McCarty. He'll be here. Fired up, I'm sure. Um, who wins the Melbourne Cup? Double eight, double three. Kempi's giving you his selections. I'll, uh, I'll drip feed mine throughout the morning, but I'm happy to give you the winner right about now. Well, it's actually interesting that at last text uh, said this horse has got the barrier that's never had a winner before. And with the European, I think the European form for the most part in this race is too dominant. And this is not a vintage crop of Australian stayers. Don't get me wrong. This is this is not a vintage crop. Uh, there are a couple. There's a one lightweight chance in particular that has run a good race this prep in the Metrop. Realm of Flowers, definitely in my selections. But without a flight, without a fight, I should say, is the six-year-old from up north. It's run one, two races over 2,800. It looks like it's been set for this race its whole entire life. Its last start looked just like a bit of a pipe opener, like a lead-up race for this. Smart trainers, it's not outweighted. It is weighted higher than your traditional European winners. But it's got a good weight and it can handle the soft track, which is the big thing. Because the favourite, Deval Legend, is the biggest false favourite in this race if it is wet. I tell you what, there are there's a there's reasons why Deval Legend is so short, and it's all to do with punting money and where the bookies are holding it. Because there's a offshore bookmaker who is new to the market in Australia and around the world that we don't have here. Its name is Betar. And they have run this promotion, which has taken so much market capital that Devol Legend essentially has so much money on it that they're struggling to now drift it out. And I know another corporate bookie in Australia has also run a similar promotion, not quite the same, on Devol Legend, where it's holding so much cash, so much market pull, so much money has gone on this favourite already via promotions and incentives. So the sheer force of amount of people and amount of money on these horses are now actually we're struggling I think this is what's happening the market is struggling to get it drifted back out to where it's proper Mark should be, and the smart punters can't even move it themselves. So no, and neither, Legend, and neither can the weather. Well, that's right. And if Devol Legend runs on a soft track or a heavy track, it should be a ten dollar chance. Hundred percent. The bookies will be rubbing their hands together with that hail today. They will go hail. They want the rain to come. They want snow if it's going to snow over there in Melbourne. It gets cold. So don't fall into the trap. Of taking Devol Legend as a favourite, if it's anywhere under five dollars and it's the track looks wet, do not do it. Do not do it. It's a fa- false favourite if the track is wet. If the track somehow comes back to a good, well, gee, he's got all of the form in the world. He looks like a beast, and he's got he's got the big weight for a three year old European. But the reality is, it's because he's run massive ratings and he's performed on these tracks. But if it's wet, don't fall into the trap.
Um, Dave from Caracas says, good morning, boys. Yes, looks a tough race today, but great excitement. My box try is 8, 19, 3, 4, 24, and fancy 24 to win. Yet Realm of Flowers will be in a lot of people's numbers. because oh, she's got three of those. She's got the I light got three weight, of those, Davey. And she gets through the wet. Realm of Flowers. I might chuck one more in it, but I'm just trying to find a reasoning reason to chuck it in. But uh, I'll keep that one for later. Interesting. You'd usually have the reason before you found the... They had, yeah, but this is a Twilight bet. <laughs> <laughs> hey, did you back Twilight Payment a few years ago? No, I didn't. Uh, mate, I, well... You should have. Yeah, that came straight out, so I mustn't have. Yeah. Twilight yeah. Zone. do 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 Oh, unpopular opinion. Melbourne Cup was horse racing in general is overrated. Well, you're entitled to it. I mean, I don't know if that even is unpopular. I guess most people like the Melbourne Cup, but quite a lot of people don't like horse racing. You'd probably be surprised. Why didn't you leave your name with that text, though? And your address. No, kidding, kidding, kidding. It's a joke. Get ready, boys. I don't mind it. Get ready, boys. Another 10 coming up. Yeah, quizzy dag. Right. Well, it's a Melbourne Cup-themed quizzy dag, so just that last text, you probably don't want to play it. <laughs> it's probably not your sort of thing. Oh eight hundred one five zero eight eleven. The Melbourne Cup-themed quizzy dag. Do we have one of those trumpets? Do we have a bugle? Okay, well, we're going to get a bugle, and we're going to do the Melbourne Cup quiz after this for a $50 TAB bonus bet, so you can have a throw at the stump on Kempe's Twilight Zone bet. Come through. Come see the Kemp Master. This is how you do it, Quizzy Dad, come play it. This is how we do it, Quizzy Dad, come play it. Quiz is on the line, just one at a time. Don't Google a lie, phone a friend, you'll be fine. Just listen for the signs, T.A.B. with the prize. 50 bucks if you wise. If you're wrong and then we'll say goodbye. This is how we do it. This is how we do it. Quizzy that come play it. Quizzy that come play it. 0800 150 811. Now give us a call. Yes, that's right. Melbourne Cup Day, and we've got a Melbourne Cup theme. Quizzy Kemp. No, Quizzy Dag. Today, and we're going to the first caller, who is John. John's on the line. Morena, John. G'day, Kempe. How are you, mate? Yeah, I'm very really good, mate, on this Melbourne Cup day. Really looking forward to it. Uh, hope you got a winner. Who, you, who do you like? Oh, uh, I think I think I'd do it. You know, I think I'd do it. Yeah, oh, you know, what it's like. Um, it's such an open field, eh? It's, um, I don't know if it's a favourite. Not many favourites. We're going to get no short odds. So, yeah, look. I don't know, mate. I think most of the time, really. Yeah, you like you like all of us. All the best today. Let's go. Which New Zealand horse in the eighties finished second in the Melbourne Cup the year before it won? And Louis, Louis, uh, Louis, your, your go-to man here. If you need a clue, um, Kiwi. Ooh, straight out. Sorry, John. It wasn't Kiwi. We're going to Mike. Kiwi famously scratched just before the race because the Aussies wanted to keep it out the year after. Yeah, of course they did. Crooks. Mike from Christchurch. Morning, Mike. How you going? Morning, guys. Hey, man, which New Zealand horse in the 80s finished second in the Melbourne Cup the year before it won? Mm. You got a clue? Uh, the race 
a race that is named after this magnificent mare was just one and run in the weekend. Or run and one, even. Empire Rose. Well done. Very sharp, Well Mike. done, very sharp. In what year was the first Melbourne Cup run, and who was it won by? Ooh, she's not an easy one today, boys. Well, I'm sure everybody's got Google up pre- prior to calling. <laughs> what year? Um... I actually knew the year. I didn't know who won it. Five. Eighteen sixty-one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And Robin Hood was a good what? Archer. Here you go. Are you the quizmaster and the cluemaster? Oh, shit, sorry about that. To the nearest million, <laughs> how much total prize money in New Zealand dollars on offer in this year's race? Not much. Five. Four. Three. Um, five mil. Sorry, Mike. Do you know this is amazing, right? Like, got the Golden Eagle, which Mark Chittick, why can I start in? I wish I won. Win just one. I wish so $10 I million one. Dollars is more than this. I know. It's crazy. Peter Volandis, mate. He's a man possessed. Kerry, how are you going this morning, mate? Yeah, good, boys. That's the way. Hey, yes. to the nearest million, what's the total prize money in New, Ze- in New Zealand dollars? The Melbourne Cup. $8 million. Too easy. All right, name one of the Kiwi bred horses racing in the Melbourne Cup this year and who is sired by and who it is sired by. Get a clue there. <laughs> well one of ten. Yeah, no. There's lots of them. There's I think there's about six of them. Uh, round of flowers. Ooh, unlucky. Unlucky, mate. Let's go to Reed and Gore. Hey, Reed, how's it going down there, mate? Cold this morning? Yeah, no, it's not too bad. Pretty warm spell of weather, actually, so it's bloody good. Excited oh. for the big cup today. Oh, Reed, you'll have this one. You'll have this middled, mate, because there's actually yeah, a mate. South Islander here as well, isn't there? Yeah, smoking Rovins. Jibbeleens. <laughs> oh, he's too good. Yeah, mate, he's in my one today. He's in my little multi. I've got the Twilight multi. And here's the here's the one for the $50 bet, which you need today, mate. Who is the winner of the 2022 Melbourne Cup? Come on. Who is? Oh, the winner of the 2022 one? Yes. Well, I'm actually um, a big fan of the Smoking Romans, to be honest. There you go. Kiwi bread. How oh, too easy, too easy, Rito. And good to see the quiz going to Gore, mate. How's the uh, weather and track going to be at Wingatui today, do you reckon? Has it been wet down there? or? Yeah, um, we actually had quite a bit of rain over the weekend, so um, but we've had a couple of good days since, so hopefully it comes probably back to a soft, I would imagine. I don't mind Ruby's lad in the second either team. Now, that's good news because neither do I. <laughs> neither do I. Neither do I read. And I actually, I've got a winner for you, I reckon, uh, in race four. So, by the way, they're doing bonus back races all the way back to fifth, that enhanced bonus back at the TAB yeah. today. For the I heard them talking about that on the weekend when Pungo run, run fifth. They came straight on and said, and if you've backed Pungo and you've backed him, he's got fifth to get your money back. Very important. And that means that in race five, four, this is probably the easiest bet you'll have this month. All right? Listen closely. Race four at Wingatui, there is one, 
two, three, four, five, six horses in the field, and there's a good horse in the field. Exchange. And I don't know if anyone saw Exchange win last start, fresh up. Reed, I don't know if you saw it, but it won easy. Hands and heels. Second up today, where it's performed previously, Corey Campbell sticks, barrier three. It's got that soft form. It'll be winning, mate. So there you go. Take that from me. Stick with the same stable and probably the seventh, number two, Rue Brada. Rue Brada, you're right. The Andertons, there you go. Corey Campbell again. Oh, okay. Look, Darcy Brahma gelding. He's got a little bit of a good oil going on here. Well done, Rito. Thank you, Rito. Enjoy your day, mate. Take that 50, That's all we bu- like. $50 bonus bet. He's a good racing man. You could just tell with the I way like he's smoking Romans get ghibellines. Get your pens out. If you're, if you're anywhere, get your di- dictator on your phone and your recorder and start putting some of these together because you're going to have a full-up today. Right. We're going to shoot off and do press-ups number 11 to, no, how many are we doing? No, 20. Yeah, we're up to 20. We're up to 20 to 30 now. All right, Number 21 do... to 30. Okay. We're going to go do that for Movember. I hope you guys are moving this Movember. Remember, if you want to donate to us, you can go to our Movember page. Just search Team SCNZ, and we're going to beat Drive because there's no way they're going to stick it out like <laughs> we are. We've got the first hour. Easy, boys. And you want to see Joe's push-up since he started. Man, he is a beast. 7 a.m. just coming up to, and a text from Dean. Boys, I think Realm of Flowers is a nice lightweight chance. Yes, Dean, a lot of people would agree with you there, including myself. Is a good track in Europe like a soft? Not really. Like, a good track's still a good track. But I tell you what, like, a European soft is probably closer to a Australian heavy because, obviously, when it gets wet, it gets really wet. Just like a New Zealand soft is way softer than an Australian soft, and a yeah. New Zealand heavy is bottomless compared to an Australian heavy. Yeah, yeah, dead right. Kind of work it out a wee bit, Dean, but it is a little bit complicated. I'll tell you what, the, the favourite, though, should not be in the threes. You cannot punt it with a three in front of its name. Please tell me you won't do it. Here's Otaho with the news for Kubota. Together with Shaping and Building New Zealand, Hayden Wild talking his triathlon success after this. Support strong, healthy bones with Swiss Vitamin D 400 capsules. Now only $24.99 at Chemist Warehouse. And Kogan Mobile, New Zealand's cheapest unlimited prepay plans. Visit koganmobile.co.nz. This is Izzy and Kempi for breakfast on SENZ. Welcome to your Melbourne Cup Tuesday. If you how good, how good. <laughs> I am starting to get excited now. Yep, we're in seven o'clock. How many hours to go? Not that many. Uh, what are we doing, boys? What are we doing? Come on, Joe. You dressed to the tens. You've got something on. You haven't told the boys, mate. Is the kitchen left out? 
the main the, the you left the main course off the table. Oh, yeah, hey. yeah. There's been some division in the ranks here. The kitchen's dressed up, and they haven't invited Kempi and me to join the party. Oh well, five minutes past seven. It's your Melbourne Cup Tuesday. Who's your winner? That's the can't wait can't wait can't question quake. of the. <laughs> oh, I can't equate it. What's the, what? I mean, I talked to you last week. Uh, Izzy got out twice while you were away. Got out twice. The Bears and Izzy Shay. On air. On air. Yeah, mate. And then it got in his head. And he, kept, he kept saying to me, "It's in my head. It's in my head." I said because he was thinking about. Pongo, you know what I mean? Like, and they'd been on the texting oh. all the time, and, he, and, I, and then I text them. I said, "Mate, I know what it's like." I said, "Just don't, don't, don't worry about it." But they must have had some chatter. They reckon they were talking, like they started talking about the horse, saying things like, I "Wonder what the horse is up to now." Yeah, wow, that's they weird. got a bad. They got they, a bad. They got the hit for it. So Baz and Izzy for breakfast was Izzy. So, okay, no, well, it's definitely Izzy and Kempi. Uh, Izzy is actually at the Melbourne Cup, so he's deserted us. <laughs> what about Baz? We can't get Baz. He's even he's even visiting me in my dreams, and I hope that's the twilight dream, Baz. I'll tell you what, if you are listening. I hope that is the twilight dream, mate. Night's order, top of the book. Well, Mark has texted and said, I've already told you. Stop asking for the winner. I've already told you who the winner is. And the winner is number 17, says Mark. So that would mean that Mark thinks, as I pull up my race book, the winner is Emissary for Michael Moroni. Wow, well, last start. Winner won the Bendigo Geelong Cup. The Geelong Cup, it's didn't it? a big it? jump up, big step up. Okay, Mark, appreciate that. Hey, uh, Rick, and sorry, no, Charles, uh, yeah, Rick, Rick, you've sent through a, a message here wondering about the Quaddy Crush. Great that you're involved, Rick, coming through on double eight, double three with the Quaddy Crush. Um, if you wanted to know anything more about that, go to the SENZ forward slash radio to have a look there. Essentially, we're building a quaddy pool to punt for over the summer with TAB and SNZ. We've both kicked in 10k each. Uh, Rick, you're just wondering when that money's going to come out of your account. Yeah, Melbourne Cup, TAB are really busy, obviously. So if you can keep it in there, please do, because we'll get through it. We'll get to it in uh, hopefully not too long, hopefully by today. I know that's not ideal because you want to punt it. But keep your $100 in your account, and they will take it out, and you can be part of the quaddy crush. Appreciate your message there, Rick. Uh, another text from Charlie and boys. In 1970, a winger Tui horse called Baghdad Note won the Melbourne Cup with a winger Tui jockey. Midge did him aboard. Owned by Dunedin businessman Stuart Falconer, the trophy he won was stolen in a burglary that has never resurfaced. That's from Charlie. That's mm. a really interesting story, that. No, the trophy never resurfaced. My detective head says to me that was an inside job. Mm. I hope not. I don't think so. That's a good story, though. Midge Didham, some good names there. Morning, lads. Just drove behind a car with the number NAG561, so I boxed up 156 trifecta. <laughs> That's Thanks how for you coming. do it. Cheers. That's how you do it, Kurt. That's how you do it. Five, six, and one. Numerian without a fight. I like without a fight. And Gold Trip. Oh, well, you're going to get a nice divvy there, Kurt. Good, man. Eight minutes past seven. All right. That's the Melbourne Cup chat for now. We're going to come back to that and not just and not too long at all. But we're going to change pace. We're going to talk to our, one of our favourite Kiwis. He is a champion. He's doing it on the world stage. Let's catch up with Hayden Wild. S E N Z. It was a long ago that Hayden Wild became a household name when he won a bronze medal at the Tokyo Olympics. One year on, and the 25 year old is now standing on top of the world after clinching his maiden Super League triathlon title. 
He only needed to finish in the top 15 in the series final in Saudi Arabia. But of course, Hayden came third to cap off a memorable and dominant year. Our mate is on the line with us now carrying a big old bag of cash. How you going, brother? How's things? Yeah, good boys yourself. Yeah, really good, man. What games are you playing on your Nintendo Switch at the moment? Any go-tos? Um, yeah, not really. The missus isn't here, so there's no Mario Kart played. But um, just yeah, just FIFA, Fortnite, and um, <laughs> if I'm feeling like a ten-year-old, I might play some Pokemon. Nice, <laughs> very good. So it's feet up for a, for a bit. Massive year for you, mate. Um, and just to. Well, not to quite cap it off yet, but just to snag that crown, I mean, it must have been a pretty cool moment in front of all your peers, and obviously that, that says a lot about consistency and the place you've been for a long time now. Yeah, no, it was, it was really nice to finish off uh, in Saudi. It was my first time there as well um, at that new super city, as the, they call the line. We actually drove past it every day. It was quite an experience, but... Uh, yeah, no, it was, it was really nice. You know, we raced eight weeks. Uh, oh, sorry, we travelled for eight weeks, five different uh, countries, three different continents. So it was actually it was very nice to, to finish off. Um, it's been a big couple months. And, uh, yeah, consistency was key for this one. Um, and, yep, yeah, stoked just to, to kind of keep that consistency rolling through the air. Mate, how good is it to uh, grab that crown off an Aussie in front of it, um, ahead of him? <laughs> You know, oh, it's always a pleasure to be an Aussie. Um, but uh, Maddie's, um, Maddie's a Maddie's a good bloke. But um, yeah, it was just uh, yeah, just consistency. One one over over the series, and uh, it was just a shame that he was there. He was in kind of a couple incidents, which um, yeah, blew out the points uh, points margin. But if those incidents didn't happen, um, yeah, it could have been pretty pretty tight. So. Yeah, now the the focus has changed, and um, we're here in Abu Dhabi for a month and uh, racing the grand final at the, the end of November. Right, so that's what's up next. So you've got a bit of time in, in the hotel, uh, the sweet life of Hayden Wild and the Abu Dhabi hotel set up. When, when you talk about consistency, though, in your sport, is that more physical or mental? Um, yeah, like it kind of depends how, how you how your body reacts in training like um yeah like i do quite, quite i was doing quite a lot of training through that super league period because like you can fluke um a race here and there but in the end the the fitness catches you up and the injuries start ca- kind of coming in and that's what we kind of acknowledged uh quite early on so throughout the racing i was probably training more than some of the other athletes as my ambitions were to do well um uh, at the World Series at the end of the year. So, um, yeah, to cap it off, it's probably a lot of mental kind of pushing through as well because, you know, you, you know the, the body's pretty tired um, and you know everyone else is tired, but it's just kind of whoever's tired body kind of gets to the end and, and survives the, the eight weeks of racing, really. Was there, Hayden, just really interesting listening to uh, the way you summed up your year. Was there a part of your training that you just thought you had it over the other people that, you know, you knew they weren't doing or you knew that if you kept doing this part of um, whether it be mental or physical training that you would actually have the edge every time you went into a race? Yeah, like the Super, the super League racing is quite unique. You know, it's my third, fourth year and we kind of found out a, a really good rhythm for me, um, which was to train super consistent through the, the week. So I'm, I'm quite fortunate that my body can kind of cope with that. So I would be 
doing my normal kind of training weeks where you're normally kind of we we have a taper which is like you know normally 50 percent less of, of what we do for training so i was kind of keeping it up between 80 to 90 percent through those weeks but i was keeping them super like anaerobic and and pretty chill and then using the races as my kind of really high intensity um get um get, oh, uh, races um it's kind of like i guess you know like um the All Blacks playing, um, you know, the, the British Load or, or you know, the Four Nations. It's um, yeah, you just gotta you just gotta make sure you you keep consistent and and make sure you you do the training right through, or else uh, you'll be yeah, kind of suffering at the end with potentially injuries and and all sorts. So yeah, my body works pretty well with with high end training, and uh, I was pretty lucky to to make it through that that eight weeks with uh, no harm done. So you've, in essence, you'll figured out that your body can cop a flogging, which can give you a huge edge when it comes to getting into the absolute frying pan of a race day. Yeah, pretty much. Um, yeah, that's a weird. It's it's a weird one. Like, um, yeah, it's like my body kind of enjoys getting flogged, and um, the less flogging <laughs> it does, the the less it kind of reacts in a way. So. Yeah, we just were like, all right, we'll keep you training up and we'll keep it super low intensity. Um, and then we'll just use the racing as, as racing um, because it's like uh, it's like any match day, really. Like um, there's nothing better than, than having match day uh, or nor racing. Um, you just don't get that adrenaline. You don't get that kind of testosterone kind of blowing around. So, um, and yeah, obviously there's, there's no traffic or anything there. So. Um, it, it's great. It's policed, and it's um, and you, you know that you can go full send, and uh, <laughs> you know you're pushing you as well. So it, it's nothing's better than than racing is um, than race training. So it was uh, it was good, mate. So what do you do in your downtime now, now that you've got a little bit of a break? I see the Sal GP boys are up there at the moment. They're racing. I think it's not this weekend. Next weekend, do you, do you catch up with them or? It's Melbourne Cup Day down here today. Are you are you a punter? Have you got a have you got a winner for us? Oh, actually, I, mean, I, I totally I, I totally forgot it was the, uh, the Melbourne Cup. But um, the guy that it was actually um, that was one of the managers. So like you have the managers like for Super League and stuff. Yeah, they actually got a horse in for the Melbourne Cup. He's an Aussie, um, so he'll be well into that. But. Um, yeah, I guess for my downtime, um, I don't have a lot of downtime, I guess. But, um, you know, if I see other New Zealanders kind of chilling around Europe, I'll go and catch them up. Like, um, I had a good catch up with one of the NZ hockey boys. Uh, he plays in Belgium, so it was really good to see him. Um, but, uh, yeah, when the season finishes off, we'll have Christmas in Belgium and then uh, go to Alpe d'Huez and um, have a skiing trip for a week and hopefully not uh, nice. break a leg. <laughs> Yeah, you don't want to be doing that, mate. Um, just on the <laughs> Melbourne Cup, how about this? What, what if I throw some horse names at you and you tell me if I'm getting closer, all right? All right. Okay, so we've got – well, let's let's start pretty straight down the middle. Knight's Order. Are you feeling? What do you feel when you hear Knight's Order? Does it sound like a strong staying name? Knight's Order. What colour is the horse? Uh it's not a grey, mate. It's just a, a, well, dark, it's, a it's a brown. It's a dark brown. Is that going to be an issue? I'm sorry, mate. Okay. Yeah, I'm. 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 I'm a, I'm a grey horse, man. To be fair, I don't know why, but you know, just 
just the physique looks I, great, doesn't it? Okay, well, okay, I can tell you there's not a grey in the Melbourne Cup, but if you can get your hands on, I don't know how you'll watch. I don't know how they watch racing. We have to figure out. Actually, we'll ask Baz because I know for a fact he was watching racing last time he was in Abu Dhabi. There is a race, race three at Flemington today, where I kid you not, Hayden, it is a race you can only enter if you were a grey horse. <laughs> Love it. Well, it's actually quite. It's it quite funny because, like, um, I went. Oh, you go to the local, like, you go to the local races into Teco. Um, we you know we go normally go there with the family, and uh, and then you just go with like the the local lads, and they do all their research and stuff. And like being an athlete, you kind of you you look at the physiques, and you just like you just look at the most ripped horse, and you're like, yeah, that guy's got that horse glutes. So I'm, I'm, I kind of just like kind of paupers back onto to athlete life and say, yeah, that got that that horse has been working out. He's been up the hills. He knows what's going on. <laughs> that's hey, that's really good info, mate. That's Mounting of, yard mail from Hayden Wild. That's exactly right. <laughs> we'll take you along, mate, and tell you which one which one you like at the mountain yard. You will put all put all of uh, SCNZ's money on it. Hey, mate, before I let you go let you go, any updates on the uh, Commonwealth Games medal? Or are we likely oh, not to nah, get an answer? Are we allowed on to that? talk about it? Yeah, where's where we sit? Yeah, not not yet. We're still we're still sitting um, in protest village, um, so <laughs> it's in um, yeah, it's far out. It's in um, like high, like it's very high up at night, like the World Triathlon Union currently. So we actually should find out in the next uh, couple of days or so. Um, but um, as as everyone's told me, no comment. <laughs> yeah, fair enough, mate. Well, when you can comment, just flick us a note because we'd love to know. Uh, we get people that ask you, you know, intimidately. They text the show and they say, "Hey, boys, any update?" So, oh, dude, you know, you know, you know, you know who's that, the biggest pest about that? Who's that? I'm gonna put, I'm, a, I'm a great mate with him now, but I'm going to put him straight on the spot. Is Guy Havolt straight up? <laughs> that guy. Nearly every every single time, he's like, "Mate, fizzing about this weekend." You're free for a yarn sometime uh, ahead of the final. Also, what's happening with the appeal? You heard anything from the <laughs> Oh, dude. Yeah, <laughs> hey, yeah, mate. guy, you're getting called out guy live. The, you're you're a pest, mate. <laughs> 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 That's so good. Oh, great gravy, Aiden, and enjoy your um, bag of cash, mate. Very well deserved for flogging your body the way you do. Um, thanks for taking the call and staying up late for us. Enjoy the day and make sure you tune in Race 3 Flemington and you'll see all the grey horses you've ever wanted to see, mate. Oh, fantastic. Nearly as good as when I was in MIQ watching the Rotor Royal races. There you go. Very <laughs> good. Aiden Wild, champion triathlete, good Kiwi, and we'll catch you again uh, in not too long. See you, Aiden. There was S-E-N-Z. And he doesn't mind giving the old race calling a go. When he was in MIQ, he had the Rotor Royal trials going on out his window. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's... And he was doing the old... <laughs> <laughs> Good the old him. race, give it at the old race school. And- oh, I, man, I like the I like talking to him because he's um, he's well ahead of his years, especially when and in turn with his body and his mental um, capacity. You know what I mean? So he's talking a lot around how he gets, I guess, himself prepared to to go out there and just get the job done. Um, well, I think I think we're seeing something pretty special happening here with Hayden Wild. Well, I think he's going to own it, mate. Over the next couple of years, he's not in his prime. Yet probably. What are the two English brothers? What's the Brownlee? Now they were when they were in their prime, mate. They were unstoppable. Yeah, 
So there's a couple. There's only a couple of people ahead of him in the world right now that he would probably say that they, they had done have him on in an Olympics race. But he's not far away. No. And he's you hear him talking about he's just figuring out what his body, the, the limits he can go to in training and that sort of thing and what he needs. Mate, Paris, huge go for a gold. Yeah. He's yep. got to be a huge. I agree. Goal. I totally agree. And a good kid too. Just oh, good to talk to. The sub. The race named after Sub Zero. Race three at Flemington today. All grey horses. So if your missus likes backing the grey horse, That's here's one for her. Say, oh, I've got a horse you can back. And then take her to the field, get her to choose one, and then she'll see them that they're all grey and she'll be spewing. Yeah. And what about Guy Velt? wonder who he's backing. Oh, he, <laughs> mate, he's throwing darts. Is he's throwing one, darts trying to get the, the gravy. Is there one called the pest? <laughs> there probably is. 21 after 7. You'll be listening to, won't you? Have out. <laughs> uh, 21-2 after 7. Um, here with Kemp's Warehouse. Great savings every day. Kemp, going to be off the back fence in just a wee bit. We've also got an announcement today about a, uh, a lawnmower. Yeah, somebody's won a lawnmower. And we need to tell you How who. How good. And I've seen this lawnmower. i actually seen this lawnmower. I was walking, um, having a walk the other day, and I, I saw it. And I said to the guy, I said, we're giving one of these away on the, on the radio. And he could, could not talk highly enough about it. The old electric. He said it's so robust, mate, you would have no idea that it's electric. Well, we're going to give one away in just a, a little bit. We'll tell you who's won it at least. 22 minutes past seven. Kempi's off the back fence after this. And your text messages too. Off the back fence with Tony Kemp. As a kid coming through the grades, I never once thought about the effects of a tackle and what the long-term health on someone's brain would be, let alone my own. One of the main attractions of the sport was the combative nature of the game and how me and my mates could rip, tear and bust against anyone who wanted to do battle. So much fun with little or no consequence, so I thought. Today we are constantly reminded of the dangers of collision and the long-term effects regarding brain trauma. And here's where our sport has changed. More and more organisations are looking at future-proofing the sport by addressing collision issues and introducing guidelines. Remember the shoulder charge, spectacular to watch and wiped from our game for good. And what about the spare tackle? I wish they'd banned that in my day, so dangerous and good riddance. But all of this comes down to collision and how we police it. Tackling is about collision and no matter what we do, pitting human against human, error of judgement is only a mispositioning of your head away. This space is going to be an interesting watch in the coming years as we see changes implemented to reduce collision. Do I have the answer? No. Will I miss the collision? Probably as it's why we wanted to play, but less than I might have thought now that I understand the potential for life-changing brain injury. Off the back fence with Tony Kemp. Yeah, it's interesting, Kempi, where this is going to go over the next wee while. We, we, we spoke to Chris Nowinski uh, a couple of weeks ago. I know that was a, t- a topic really sensitive to you and Izzy around the heads. But actually, neck, shoulders, body in general, like today we're doing our press-ups in studio for Movember, uh, our Movember task that we've set ourselves in the Run Home crew. And, like, I'll probably be like so many people listening um, – just played decently decent level sport in the community and school throughout my my life so far, and my body is like sore. And I just think about people like yourself who put used your body as a tool, put it through the ringer. I watch Izzy walk, and he admits it's uncomfortable. His mm. knees knocked in. It's like 
I guess you probably, when you're in the middle of it, you're just enjoying it. It pays well. You have a great career. You get a great lifestyle. But would you have done anything differently in regards to your body if you look back? Well, I guess it's all about information. Like, I used to walk around everywhere with a plastic football. You know what I mean? Like, we didn't, you know, didn't have a lot of money back in those days, and I probably got that somewhere. I found, probably found it in, in some grass somewhere, you know. Like, um, But I used to walk around and kicking footballs all day long, and the last thing I ever thought about was injury. So we go and play bull rush, remember? You're going out and the guys are doing two-on-twos down the sides of berms and right next to their house. And, one high, one low. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, you know, you're playing rugby Saturday, league Sunday, and you're going away to tournaments, and, and you never, ever, ever thought about injury. Like, you never thought about concussion, about, you know, sprained ankles. You just went out and you played your hardest. But the interesting thing today, and I can't wait till we, we talk to New Zealand rugby, is that we are now talking about it. There is now an informative approach to the sport. Parents are being told earlier about the effects on collision, the effects that injury has on the body. I actually think it's a really good thing. Do I have the answers to it? No. But I do think that the more information people get, I think it's a really good thing that they make an informative decision on whether or not that's their career going forward. Yeah, uh, New Zealand Rugby has an announcement coming today just around some community rule changes that you'll see that will affect a lot of people. We're going to talk to Steve Lancaster in the next hour. We'll leave him to give you the absolute detail and let him announce what it is going to be. But it's a great point you make, Kempe. You just don't think of it when you're younger. 29 away from eight, Graham Richardson, he's got the favourite in your race. Mm. Defibrillate, just ask me. Someone wants to know whether just ask me just wins on a heavy track. Well, I don't know if it's going to be heavy. Well, I'm, I don't know if the sun <laughs> comes out and dries it up. It's, it was a heavy nine last night. Whether or not it's a heavy nine by the time our boy gets on it, uh, questionable. Between Kempe and Graham and Richie, we should have the winner. So. Just stay tuned and you'll hear them duke it out and maybe they'll get to the bottom of it and we can all reap the benefits on the punt. After, so we'll get to that. But here's Aroha with the news for Kubota. Together we are shaping and building New Zealand. Seven away from eight o'clock this morning. We're going to talk some racing with Andrew Seabrook and Graham Richardson. And not too long, uh, some headlines with Gull fueling your mission all year round. And the Black Caps have a chance to send England packing tonight at the T20 World Cup. Wouldn't that be awesome? You'll hear it live on SCNZ from about eight thirty. Uh, Australia bet Ireland to boost their chances last night. They were very sharp. You would have heard a bit of that. And in a weird one, Virat Kohli has had somebody in his hotel room and he didn't know who it was. Uh, A fan had made it into his hotel room in Perth, which is pretty poor, like, security around a guy like Virat Kohli. Um coming in for a signature or whatever it was it's creeped him all the way out which is probably understandable RTS well he's going to be playing for the All Blacks 15 as is Braden Enos so it gives you a hint what they want to do with their midfield the All Blacks 
They will want David Harvey and Anton Leonard Brown to spend as much time to playing together in the midfield as possible, I'm pretty sure. Of course, Rico Ioane as well. They are our main three midfield yep. hopes, I'd say, moving into the World Cup. So they will want to give them as much time in the saddle, especially Anton Leonard Brown. And it's Melbourne Cup Day, Kempi. Bart Cummings. How good. Legend of the Cup. Yeah. King of the Cup, right? Well, his grandson, Ed Cummings, who we've had on the show, trainer of Jewass. Yep. She just hasn't quite come to this preparation, the mare, but hey, there was a mare last year that was probably out of a lot of people's selections and she did the job. Coming around the outside and getting closer is Spanish Mission and also very elegant from Delphi Trelleros under the whip from Great House. It's now taking the lead in set of eyes at the top of the straight. At the 400 metres, a length and a half floating artist. Here's very elegant. She's coming home. 300 to go. The mighty mare moves up to incentivize and races on by. Then floating artist, Spanish Mission. But very elegant at the 150. The darling of the turf has raced clear three lengths incentivized. And it's very elegant. Ten group ones. And now the greatest of them all, the Melbourne Cup. Crazy to think that um, James McDonald doesn't have a ride in this cup, in this cup because Loft is was mm. was scrubbed out with an injury, and you think back to that kind of kicked off this J Mac stardom really the very elegant story that photo of him holding his face over the line and a year old he doesn't have a ride that shows how fickle it can be. Yeah, I, look, I had a, I was thinking about that if I was an owner or a trainer and J Mac suddenly you actually dead set thought you had a chance and J Mac suddenly became available. Would you actually move one of the jockeys to to put J Mac on it? It's an interesting question. And do you know my answer? I don't know what the I don't know what the like contract. I don't know if there is any. I don't know. I don't know if there are I'd any. Know, I'd say the well, you know, he obviously rides for Godolphin, so he'd be under contract to them. There, oh, he I'd, doesn't. Not he doesn't. He's not contracted to anyone. Like he's not on any retainer. But I don't know whether if you sign, say, like for example. Uh, Kieran McAvoy's on the favourite, right? I yep. don't know when they do the deal with Kieran McAvoy if there is anything legal saying unless of injury or suspension, I retain the right. I don't know. Don't know if it's they probably a question for anything. a horse trainer like Richie because I'm not too sure. Because you would move them, hundred percent, one hundred percent, and I'm pretty sure it. It like yeah, I I know a number of trainers and they're not that they're not like me. But um, and they would stick true to the people that they had Loyal. on their yeah, of course. But you know, when you're talking about a decent chance and a and a guy, you're basically saying you you've got a game, yep. And Michael Jordan was in you know in the other team, and then all of a sudden he you can put put him in your team type thing. You know what I mean? It's sort of... I know it's, it is the Melbourne Cup, but it is only one race and you would ruin your reputation a wee bit. Like, people would look at you a bit funny because it's not done. Like, you don't just throw a jockey I on. know, I know. Uh, I, and, and that's why I love the racing industry because yeah. that's what type of people they are. But you can't tell me, <laughs> you cannot tell me that the trainers and the owners are all sitting there going, what do you think? Well, i tell you what, my top selection... Without a fight, the only thing holding it back at the moment is the out-of-form William Buick, and he was riding terribly on Saturday, and I, I hope that he's, because he was trying to get his compass set for today. A couple of ticks. Boys, number four, Montefilier is the winner. Great run of the Caulfield Cup. Won't mind the soft track. Cheers, Chris. Chris, 
She's right there in my numbers. Just my only concern, will she see out the 3,200? Varen Declare ran a fabulous race in the Caulfield Cup, won this race two years ago, drops five kilos from Caulfield, 50% record at Flemington. Soft, my pick. Kevin, wow, wouldn't that be a return to form? Hasn't won a race since the Melbourne Cup, I'm pretty sure. Imagine that. Hey, guys, Realm of Flowers in the last three mares. Of the last three mares to win the race, Ethereal, oh, Maccabi Diva, and of course, very elegant. I don't think Realm of Flowers is anywhere near the class of these. So that puts a lot of da- doubt on her. That's from Yeah, Johnny. but it's not the same field as a lot of those fields either. So it brings it brings it back into the picture. And she's also got a far lighter weight. I can't remember what Ethereal carried, but um, especially Maccabi Diva and very elegant. They had to carry their fair share of weight. Oh, it's Melbourne Cup Day. Don't you just love it? After this, we'll catch up with Graham Richardson, who's got a couple of really nice chances up the line, or down the line, depending where you are. At Pukakoi today for their big Cup Day. We'll catch up with him. Come we'll, on, Jam. We'll ask, Kimby's going to ask him the hard question. Can you beat my boy? Taken to the outside of then Marion Bard and Caetano. 300 left to go. Get the slip over on the inside. The leader from Persian Clutch. Here comes Ethereal down the outside. Followed by Karazi and then May the Horse be with you. Get the slip well clear at the 200 metre mark though. Down the outside is Ethereal starting to close. Get the slip with Ethereal coming home. Get the slip in front. Ethereal's coming hard. The Caulfield Cup winners grab the lead. And Ethereal does the double. Ethereal's won it. Oh, what memories, ethereal, great Kiwi success story for great New Zealanders. Speaking of great Kiwis, we got one on the line. He's been busy leaning on a post this morning, I hear. Morning, Richie. Graham Richardson's on the line with us. Good morning. How are you guys? Yeah, good, Richie. How are you going, mate? Uh, yeah. Let's get good. straight to the point, eh? You've got a big one today, the defibrillator <laughs> running around. How's he going to go? Well, he's, he's look, I'm, I'm very happy with the horse. He's, he's eating well. Um, his form's good. He, I've got to be honest. It's, um, he's never raced right-handed before. It's his first time out of twenty-nine starts, I think. So that'll be interesting. He had one trial at right-handed, and he bucked all the way up the straight. So he couldn't get a line on that. <laughs> oh, is that, is that, <laughs> that is way to <laughs> it fill. It was a, a bit of a character when he was young. Way to fill the uh, punters with confidence, Richie. Well, look, so Kimpy, <laughs> so you've chased Kimpy's horse. Just asked me home. In the um, in the Livermore, but fresh up on that box track, like that was some. That was a big run. Yeah, he's a good, he's a good horse. Like he, um, like he still had um, plenty of life back in in Australia, but I just it got to a point like he was um, more than capable of uh, being competitive in Group Ones in New Zealand. So Patty and I made the choice. Patty Payne said, "Why don't we bring him back to New Zealand and have a go at some of the group races here?" Wait for age. So that's what we've done. And is there a something, because he can, the other thing is he can, obviously he goes great on good tracks as well. So what are you mm. hearing? I assume you're still a mutter mutter. Um, what are you hearing about what sort of surface you're going to get today? And then what sort of targets would you have over summer for him? Um, he, the, the tracks are uh, a heavy eight, um, which is to me, it's not as bad as a lot of people um, thought it would, might be. Um, come a nice day, might come back to a seven. Uh, I'm thinking so. Uh, he should handle that, you know. And um, I don't think it'll be that bad a bad a track. To, uh, this time of the year is completely different to the middle of winter. Mm. You know, so 
hopefully it dries up good. I don't like like it, it was a, surprisingly how well he comes through that race at uh, Hastings, and he didn't handle his dipping and diving. But he, he's he's just he's just genuine. So hopefully he can continue um, today. Yeah, well, um, Kempi, I won't let Kempi speak because he, he says differently just because it's horse ownership and everybody has their own rooting interest, but it's going to be a great well, race. What are you in? What are you in, Kempi? I'm in Just Ask Me, in? me and Bruce. Oh, of course you are. Yeah, well, it was a great run the other day too. Yeah. Great run. Yeah, no, no, we were we were uh, keeping an eye, an eye on your one. Um, but, yeah, all the best today. Quinella. All the best today. I hope, uh, and, and you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, hope it, uh, I hope it works out for you and it doesn't buck going the other way around. <laughs> Quinella. Hey, Richie, um, in the first, look, you actually copped a couple of bad draws today. Channel Surfer probably got the best form in the race out of anything because it's gone in behind the favourite for the 2,000 guineas this weekend by three lengths and Mr Mojo Rising, who there's a, a little bit of a wrap on. So barrier 11, though, first of the day, Jasmine Fawcett. Can punters have a crack because it's a bonus bet race? Well, I, his his form reads very well and he's a good galloper. I don't think the track will worry him too much. Just the draw, he's coming to 11, which isn't, isn't quite so bad. But he won't... Uh, we'll just need a bit of an ounce of luck early in the piece where we can get some cover. But he's he's a pretty good galloper. Um, and, and in saying that, there's some good form in that race. So I don't know if that... Um, there's a prize there horse that had a second in its last start. So yeah, they're good horses. But, uh, yeah, there's a bit of form in that race. But I'm pretty happy with the boy. Yeah, and Pikey's got title force in, and he might have mentioned him the other morning when he came on uh, the show. Six shooter in race number five has has actually drawn the car park in a race that hasn't suffered from deductions at all. So that makes it pretty tough, doesn't it? Yeah, he like he oh he'll come in. I mean, there was so many on the ballot. Well, he'll I can't remember what he comes into, but it'd probably be a fifteen or sixteen. But he gets off the speed anyway. Um, and uh, he'll he'll do well. He he's just improving all the time. Once he gets to mile and a quarter, that's his, that's his go. And mate, we need to ask about Bonnie Lass because I get lots of people asking me who's like. Uh, well, obviously, we have great racehorses in New Zealand, but a lot of them end up in Australia. Um, social racing, some good owners here. People ask me who's going to be a star of the summer to follow. I'm curious what you reckon the ceiling for Bonnie Lass is because I know the railway has been a bit of a a target from a long way away, or maybe not a target, but it was thrown around. It, look, would she be good enough to travel, or, or do you just want to keep her here and try and get some Group 1 success over the summer? Well, the, actually, you're right. The target has always been the railway, and uh, since last year, um, she her run first up was very good, obviously, and uh, she run the county file on the 19th, um, she, um, which is 1,100 metres, obviously, at Pukekohe, and, uh, and then she'll run in the railway, which is, I think, at Tarapa this year. And that's that. there's probably six weeks between races, but I've, I had a horse many years ago on the railway, and she, um, she had a last run in the, in the county's bowl and went straight seven weeks later into the, um, uh, to the railway and won. They were just, just keeping... She's very good fresher skills, so... Um, uh, I'm, I'm very happy with the stage. Um, so, yeah, that's the goal. Then maybe the Telegraph. We'll just see how she pulls up after the railway. Gee, we're thinking, we're thinking months ahead. And then maybe Tarapa. And then um, and that um, Waypro 1400. And then 
give her a rest and go to Brisbane, maybe. I've got to talk to Brent Cooper, um, and we'll sit down. Oh, he's listening. It. It's all right. He'll be listening. So you just told him. That's fine. Um, <laughs> Brent, there you go. It's all sorted. Now that look, mate. When you when you get when you get one like her, that's that could be that good. I know what you, you obviously spend a lot of time thinking about it, Richie. So very good, mate. Yeah. Um, all the best. L- last one, I just missed um, that people might be interested in today Paisley Park done a good job over a long period of time this guy um, in the oh, yeah. Karaka Classic today is he just an each way chance as he always seems to be oh definitely definitely like he's very genuine he lacks a lot of luck yeah, I could have I could mention four or five race, other races he should have won uh, and um, and he won well last time I've kept him fresh to go bring him, bring him back to 1500 but it works an ideal with the County's Cup um, on the nineteenth, and that's where we'll go. You've got to remember, he's won. Um, he's won the Matamata Cup. He's won that Kaimai two thousand meter lister race at Matamata. He's also won the Dunstan Stairs final with sixty kilos on his back, and James McDonald won on him. And so, he's a pretty pretty good horse, you know. And and the track will be perfect for him today. Beautiful, Richie. Great to catch up, as always. We've got your old mate, Andrew Seabrook. He's up and awake because he's liking our tweets out of Melbourne after 8 o'clock. So um, <laughs> we'll, we'll see how Seabs and the, the touring party are doing. But thanks for your time. Oh, they'll have a great time today. Oh, do you have a Melbourne Cup winner? Hey, Do you have the winner of the Cup? Oh, no. I, look, there's... Um, I. I sort of lose contact with all the European horses, but there's a horse called Gold something that I like. I just can't think of its last Gold name trip. at the moment. But yeah, I said I used to, I used to follow them six months out, and when it was the Kiwis against the Aussies, but it's just not that easy these days, you know. Yeah, no, but, um, I, I get it, mate. Um, Gold Trip, he's definitely been doing some pretty tough work in the Caulfield Cup, Cox Plate, and Melbourne Cup. That's a big effort. Kempi, Richie, best luck. Run the Cornella out there at Pukekohe Park today. We'll be back after this to wrap up the hour. Graham Rich is a great guy in the racing industry. We've just knocked off our 60th press-ups for Movember. Movember. Yeah, how good. Oh, Joey boy is starting to feel the pinch a wee bit. Hey, look, so am I, to be honest, Joe. It's all right. Don't feel too bad, mate. You're still doing better than the run home so far. And Kempi, this steel fort lawnmower, mower competition we ran has been won. It's over. The lithium mower from Lawnmaster is heading south to Christchurch. Two. Do we have a drum roll? Yes, we do. And he needed a new one. Desperately, because I saw a photo of his old one. Throw your own Lawnmaster 660 away, Chris Brandon. You've got a lithium mower coming yeah, your boy. way. Well done. Well done, mate. Get out there and get it all tuned up. And those lawns all tuned up, mate. Maybe you can run the Melbourne Cup down there next year. Have you had a lithium lawnmower over your sideburns today? Because you are looking <laughs> scucks, Kimpy. The fresh cut for Melbourne Cup Day. Here's yeah, other the news for Kubota. The chop shop. Uh, together with Cash Only, Shaping and Building New Zealand. <laughs> Support strong, healthy bones with Swiss Vitamin D 400 capsules. Now only $24.99 at Chemist Warehouse. And Kogan Mobile, New Zealand's cheapest unlimited prepay plans. Visit koganmobile.co.nz. This is Izzy and Kempe for breakfast on SENZ.
SENZ, welcome to your Melbourne Cup Tuesday, 1st November of... First Tuesday of November. That was like the last hour. First Tuesday of November, and it's the first of November, is what I was trying to say. Kimpy, a massive day. Your numbers are 3 9 19, 19 24. 24. My, num- my numbers are 6 without a fight, 3 nights order, 24 realm of flowers, and then if it is anything better than a 7 or an 8, I'll probably put the favourite in Deval Legend. But if it is wet, it'll be Montefilia for me filling out my four. What are your numbers? Double eight, double three. Because I tell you what, driving afternoons are going to be at the pub today at the Foxes, at Foxes Bar down there at the Viaduct. They want to have you down and they will also want your tips throughout the day because they'll be having a bet on the cup. The run home, Kirsten Beeve. So make sure you send your selections through. We'll pass it on. And I just want to know what your mail is. What's your gravy for the day? It's such a good day. It feels like a Saturday. Melbourne Cup will be going all throughout the afternoon on SENZ, keeping you up to date. And, Kempi, towards the end of this hour, we've got some really interesting news coming through right now that New Zealand rugby, for all community levels, including Premier Rugby, are going to be reducing the height of the tackle from next year mm. to the sternum. Remember there was the nipple line that was chatted about a wee bit later, uh, sorry, a wee bit earlier, a couple of years ago, but it's the sternum, which is going to be the line where you can't tackle first tackler. Now, this is going to be complicated to understand a wee bit. There's going to be a little bit of back and forth. I think there'll be a bit of controversy about whether it'll work and whether it's worth it. But Steve Lancaster is the GM of Community Rugby. It's something that they are very passionate about. They are taking the plunge to do it. And um, I can't wait to yeah, good on have them. him in studio. Hundred percent, good on him. I I had a read of the uh, of the changes, and yeah, I've got I've got a couple of points of view. I want to ask some questions of Steve around. I think though it's a very good move. Um, I've read between the lines on a on a couple of the um, the statements, and I think you know at the end of the day, what they're trying to do is reduce the that collision space, and I think it's a really good idea. So just in their words, and and Steve Lancaster will um, make sure that he explains it, but essentially it's all about keeping player safety in the first and foremost, and the benefits of this will out, far outweigh the risk of injury. The focus is continuing to reduce the risk and make the game as safe as possible while still preserving the social benefits of the game. And um, look, I think it's important to note that they are going to commit to this. This will probably not be going back to what it used to be like. So make sure that you listen when Steve Lancaster comes in. And uh, I guess if you've got any questions about it and what the sternum means and, and where that is, text us double eight double three, and we can put them to him. Right? Hopefully we're going to catch up with Andrew Seabrook in in just a a little bit. A couple of texts coming through. Grant, just make sure that you keep your $100 in there. Uh, Your your registration will have worked, mate. They're just a little bit delayed in getting that cash out of your account for the Quaddy Crush, which we really want to get you involved in because we're going to be attacking Quaddies all summer long. So just make sure that you keep it tight to your chest, mate, and um, we'll get it. We'll keep it in your account, not to your chest. And I know if you I know you want to spend it today, but just try and keep it there. There's some numbers coming through, Kimpy. 
Yeah, there are. Here's here's one from an unknown caller. <laughs> he's he's boxed up a few. Twenty four nineteen. Yeah, I like those two. Eighteen five and four for my top ten. And don't forget the TAB Paulie Moati yesterday putting together those uh, those exotics. Yeah, in and around all the all the way that you can back for top five, top ten. Um, horses through the Melbourne Cup so don't just go and whack it on the nose whack it on Cornella you've got plenty of others to choose from too um, yep. I, I think the TAB over the last couple of months we have been outstanding in the way that they've been um, working hard to entice punters and, and look after them Build your own power play top 10, top 5, top 3 it's a lot of fun or win even I'll tell you who's got the winner and that'll be the Managing Director of New Zealand Bloodstock it's where winning begins and winning stops and starts with Andrew Seabrook he's he's a Melbourne Cup fanatic and he's on the ground and he's been good enough to join us bright and early out of the wonderful Victoria morning Andrew yeah good morning boys from a very very wet and cold Melbourne morning oh yeah it was meant to be they talking hail Andrew they reckon there's uh, yeah you hopefully got to take an umbrella today and uh, what do you think that does to the form of the cup well it's it's uh makes it really wide open because a lot of horses on a bog-heavy track aren't going to get the two miles. Um, it's, it's going to be interesting. It's, I mean, everyone over here is talking Dover Legend and, and Realm of Flowers, but Dover Legend, of course, has never been on a wet track, so uh, there's a query there, but um, it's going to be a, a, a testing old go, I'd say. So a few of the Kiwi breads won't won't mind it though, and it, it does make it wide open. Um, we'll, we'll start. We'll come back to the Kiwis, but we'll just start with the stay with the cup because Seebs, you've run your eye over, well, probably every single Melbourne Cup race book since you've been alive, and lots have been made about the the depth of this cup and whether it probably stacks up to years gone by. Is it fair to say it is a weaker edition? Yes, it is. It's definitely weaker. I mean, uh, there's no very elegant in there this year. You know, Louis that obviously won the race last year. It's, um, uh, apart from the Dover legend, um, who's, who comes down with very good European three-year-old form. And just remember, um, listeners, when you're looking at the form, three-year-olds from Europe have got an incredible record in the race. They won in 2017, they won in 2018, they ran second in 2019 and third in 2020. So three-year-olds have got a great record from Europe in the race. But of the locals, yeah, it's... Uh, it is a bit disappointing. Um, there, are, there are six Kiwi breeds in there, yeah, which is incredible. Um, 26% of the field are Kiwis. Um, quite amazing. And just quite, might be quite interesting for your listeners, listeners, Louis, is that Kiwis breeds have won 46 of the Melbourne Cup since 1862. So 28% have been won by New Zealand horses. So, wow. look, I'm not sure if we're going to win it today, but um, we've got 26% of the field, so we've got a chance. What makes them so good, Andrew? What makes a Kiwi bread so good um, and going over there and getting close to 30% of the, the chocolate? Uh, well, I mean, we just breed great stayers, always have. It's, it's, in our, it's in our bloodlines, it's in our environment, it's in the way our horses are trained and prepared by our great horsemen and women. Uh, that has that has stood the test of time, uh, going back to the you know the late eighteen hundreds, and uh, uh, it's just great because there, there was a couple of years there that we got down to only two or three runners. So marvelous to see six in today, including three by Tavistock. So that's you know remember when Zabiel and Sir Tristram used to have a number of horses in the race. So great to see a uh, Tavistock have three runners in there today. So you mentioned bloodlines, and, and for our um, kind of wider listener base, Andrew, that isn't too up to up to date with the breeding or, or maybe you haven't really thought about it, you know, enjoy a punt, but you don't necessarily look at the sire or the dam when you do it. 
Well, staying is obviously something that we've got a proud history at. And when you say bloodlines, does that just mean once upon a time that the stallions that were standing in New Zealand were themselves good stayers and they started throwing good staying horses that enjoyed the more distance and then they returned to stud? Or is it in the mares that they were breeding from? Like, How literally do you get those bloodlines that are rich in staying pedigree? Yeah, no, it's 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 both, Louis. So, you know, back in the day when we, we had those great stallions like your Sir Tristram, uh, your Nassipur, your Zamazan, your Noble Bijous, the summertimes, all those great horses that were imported from from Europe and America, they were they were staying horses and uh, you know, they travelled over over ground and uh, they've been uh, you know, in New Zealand. So when they have their sons and daughters that just that just carries on and um, you know, it's what we breed. It's what we're good at. Whereas Australia have always concentrated on on speed, importing speed and breeding from speed, and um, so that's why we're so successful when we come over here. And with Australia, don't don't breed many stayers. And and um, but no, it's it's through the through the stallions, through their sons, and through their daughters, and through their granddaughters, and it just it just carries on. And, uh, let's let's hope it does so for another hundred years. So is that yeah? Well, that was what I was wondering. Like, is that does that mean that it's something we will do for another hundred years? Or like, from what where you're sitting with New Zealand bloodstock and the trends you see come through your sale yards, and like you'll be able to. I mean, you, you've got an encyclopedic memory, so you can probably remember the lot numbers that a couple of these went through. But do we see less of those staying types? Are we drifting towards that Australian thirst for speed? We did for a little while, but we've we've gone back to our missing, um, and we're we're back to producing those really good middle distance and staying horses. Um, you know, it's what it's what we've been good at. I mean, it, it goes. It takes Sir Tristram, right? He said, so. So Tristram had had those great stayers, and then he left Zabil, and then he left Savabil. So then Savabil, hopefully, he's going to leave the next great sta- uh, you know middle distance staying stallion, um, and it'll just carry on like that. So. Um, I mean, like, and 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 Tavistock, who's no longer with us, unfortunately. Hopefully, he's got a son, Tarzino, who, of course, left a Derby and Oaks winner in, in, in his first crop. So that that's continuing on. Um, and you've got horses like Shocking, and um, yeah, it's it's um, it's really encouraging at the moment. It's what Australians want to come to New Zealand to buy. You know, those nice, and it's not just the staying horse; it's middle distance too. It's you know, it's your it's your two thousand, it's your sixteen hundred plus. You know, it's. Um, so I think it's, uh, it's exciting for the future, what we're, what we're breeding at the moment. It certainly is, and I'm rubbing my hands together. can't wait. Tay, just tell us, Andrew, what's the chatter on the ground like about how well the Kiwis have been um, performing throughout the spring? Oh, it's, it's huge. I mean, that's it's why I'm over here, really, is, is you know, just suddenly promoting New Zealand horses and, 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 and trying to get them to come to the sales at Read a run sale and yearling sales at Cracker in January, and it's it's pretty easy. I don't have to do much because mm. our horses are going so well. Of course, he won the Derby on Saturday with a with a son of Al Manzor, um, so that's really encouraging. Um, you know, we won the won the rit, rit, second richest race in the world with uh, the Saddlebill horse. I wish I win the Golden Eagle on Saturday. That's uh, everyone's just really psyched about the New Zealand horses at the moment. Of course, because the border's been closed, they haven't been here for a couple of years to 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 Cracker and. They can't wait to get over there. So I think we're in for an exciting couple of months with the sales ahead of us. Actually, um, Natalie Young told us this uh, anecdote on Saturday morning in an 
you'll probably find it interesting. She was speaking to David Eustace about just what's going on at the moment and, and whether he was going to cover without coming back to the ready to runs. And he, he mentioned last year just how tricky it had been with passports and stuff and COVID, that sort of thing. And they hadn't ended up um, purchasing that many or hadn't really gone that deep. And then looking towards this year's Derby field, the Ma Eustace barn strangely didn't have a runner in it in the Derby, which is bizarre, right? Because they they are especially a stable that do enjoy those staying types. So, like, I think that's just one short anecdote, but it definitely is connected to those big staying races. It's pretty obvious where you want to shop. And this year, I'm sure we've got some new stallions that are will be putting their hands up at your ready-to-run sale. I think of the Satono Aladdins, um, Tarzino, as you, as you mentioned. But there is an exciting crop of younger stallions just to spice up the buying market. Is that fair to say? Yeah, very fair to say. Because a few years ago, we had, we had 13 new sires come in, um, in one year, which was really high. We usually only have five or six new stallions. So we had 13 well-credentialed stallions come in. They're starting to come through now. Um, so it was great to see, you know, uh, our man's all in the derby on Saturday. And you saw Tarzino, who we mentioned, Satona Legend, uh, Aladdin, you, you just talked about then. It's, it's, it's exciting. We haven't seen this uh, spread of stallions, uh, these promising stallions, for, for quite some time. Um, and the Australians are recognising that. It's, uh, it's great. The, t- the talk over here and the positivity coming out of the Aussies' mouth is fantastic. Hey, Andrew, what about uh, just talking about COVID and, and how the borders have been shut down for the last three years? Have you enjoyed being back over there, Melbourne, with a, with a oh. carnival? How's it, what's it been like? I can answer it for him. Of course he has. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, it's been great. Actually, I managed to catch up with uh, Hutch last night for a couple of drinks, boys, so uh, uh, he says hello. But, um, no, it's, it's, it's great being over here. I mean, uh, it's, uh, it's the best time of the year, being in Melbourne. Um, I, I know there's a lot of talk and what have you about the Everest and what have you these days, the big sprint race in Sydney, but it, Melbourne's still still, still the greatest uh, week, the Derby and Cup week, and everyone's in town. And Unfortunately, the weather's no good today, but we'll be all right sitting up there in, uh, inside somewhere. But it's, uh, <laughs> you haven't it's seen, a, a you great haven't time to be here. And, uh, you haven't seen that. Izzy rolling around, have you? Oh, he would have heard him. I have, yeah. I, actually, <laughs> I managed to catch up with Izzy on, um, on, on Thursday night, and... Uh, he had a couple of beers with Izzy, and of course he had his horse run on Saturday. I haven't seen him since uh, since Pungo's run, but oh, no. uh, he'll keep, he'll be a good he'll be a good horse in the autumn. Don't worry about that. Yes, he, he will be. And do you know what? I just was watching a form show yesterday. They said that that race rated off the charts. They ran really fast time. No winner really won off the top all day as well. He was probably a bit vulnerable. Probably would have liked a little bit of cover in hindsight, but it was the first race of the day, so he will keep. All right, Sebs, we've. Um, We've had you on the line long enough without just asking. Uh, declare, declare it. Declare the twenty twenty two one. Come on, I know you want to. Well, yeah. Uh, well, to be honest, <laughs> I, I did back Dover Legend um, a couple of weeks ago at nine dollars. Um, he's now to three dollars seventy. So I'm sticking with him. Uh, I also back Realm of Flowers at fourteen dollars. She's now into nine dollars fifty, I think. But the, the way to play it today, you you just got to box a few up. You just got to box a few up and trifectas and first fours and 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 have a bit of a lash. Um, so I'll I'll be playing around those two and, and then and you're probably taking those two to win and then I'll be taking sort of six or seven to run second, third and fourth and hoping we can snag the the first four and walk away with a couple of grand. I don't know. Is there anything better than first class? What are you usually? What, you, you, <laughs> a f- private plane home? No, no. Hey, cost of travel these days is absolutely ridiculous. So we'll be sitting down the back 
uh, unless we get the first four. But I, now the best Kiwi chance today, I, I think, if it gets a real bog and really heavy, please don't leave out Stockman, number nine. Do not leave out Stockman because if it gets a real, real test, yeah, uh, he will. He will. He's a swimmer and he'll go two miles. Um, he's by Tavistock out of the really good mare Crimson. Um, so yeah, he's he, he's a roughie, but big chance if it gets really testing. Well, he's actually you're right. He's rough, but he's firm in the market. Probably for that reason, they're keeping him safe. He's right on that twenty dollar mark. Um, Seebs, well found. Thank, yeah. Thank you for your time yeah. this morning. Say g'day. Give Bears a cuddle for us. We had Richie on just before, and he says g'day as well. So one big family. We'll Beautiful. um we'll see you when you're back in New Zealand for the ready to runs, and then the Caracas sales as well. We'll make sure we come out and say g'day. Good on you guys. Thanks a lot. Good luck. Andrew Seabrook, manager director of New Zealand Bloodstock, wealth and knowledge. Yep. Let's go. We're going out there to do some breakfast shows out there for sure, mate, in the Karaka sales. Um, well, stopping mate. at the Double Tree by Hilton. Mac is across the road yeah. for Joe. As he, he knows his chef. Get him mate, his kids yeah, with it's getting meal. better. <laughs> Come he, back with a couple. <laughs> hey, um, nine, Stockman. Tell you what, those colours at the moment are flying. It's a twilight bet, that one. Private remember. Eye is one of the better horses in Australia. And Stockman, the only... The only issue I have with Stockman, even if it's wet, is barrier two. Those inside draws in the Melbourne Cup field can be devastating because, and there's actually a really good text here. I like the early crow market today at the TAB has on offer. So that's essentially the first past the post the first time. Mm. So they start down the straight and essentially it's just a race to who can get to the fence. And he says Knight's order here is the early speed, always lead, drawn wide, so we'll have to work early to cross, and it should be the leader first time past the post, TAB $4. Now, it's a good message, and that's exactly why Stockman and some of those on the inside, you imagine it where they all start straight, and then you imagine it like you're folding a pop-up tent or something, and it goes like that. They all try and converge. Yeah, the ones will kick up on the inside, but these ones on the outside get scrubbed up to get there. The only thing I'd say about that text, there might have been a little bit of bully about Serpentine wanting to get on the speed as well. And that some of those horses that are wider in the market like Serpentine, their only real chance is to get up on the pace and just slog it out. But I love your message. And Kimpy, your Twilight Zone bet is well on track. In it. That's looking real good. And some good judges too coming through picking those horses. So thanks for visiting me last night, Baz. Really appreciate it, brother. And Kay of Nile, <laughs> uh, has the Melbourne Cup ever been cancelled because of the track's too heavy? Come on. It ain't that heavy over there. Never. Never. And it won't. Have and you seen Aussie races? Like, even the even they have races over there where they can't even see the race, the commentators, and they just start telling jokes until it comes into the picture in the last 200 metres. Yeah. It's, they it, never cancel races in Aussie. And the other thing is, Kay, the Flemington track, this isn't, no offence, but like, Oh, actually, I'm not going to say a track because somebody will get a. No, that's right. Don't, don't say <laughs> it. That's a that's a bo- that's a, a box of birds. That one, you'll open it up. There'll be yeah. someone coming in on the back of it. That's right. Um, look, this isn't just your average track. This is Flemington. Hey, Mark, you're not the first person to ask about the Quaddy Quaddy Crash, Quaddy Crush. Yeah, <laughs> you're on fire today. Yeah, I don't know why. Uh, the Quaddy Crush. Yeah, you're just going to have to keep that $100 in your account. You'll know because we'll get you a, you'll get a confirmation letter and um, your money won't be there. So 
please just be patient. I know it's Melbourne Cup Day and you want to have a bet. And look, if you spend it, you spend it. But please make sure you stay patient with the Quaddy Crush. That They will be taking the $100 out. Just a little bit of delay. It's a very busy time of year. Paulie Moati will tell you all about why after this. Here with Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. Biden Power shook off linesman though. At the 300, he raced out by two lengths with the Remus challenging. Ebony Groves getting a rails run followed by Grandmaster and Markham. Might Power the leader inside the 200. Two lengths in front of linesman and then Doremus on the outside. Might Power the leader. Doremus trying hardest coming at him. Might Power and Doremus. Doremus getting the Might Power. They hit the line. Photo. Oh, nothing between them. Doremus or Might Power in a close go. Photo third either Markham or Harper. Well, I tell you what, it was Might Power. And uh, Pumper said that. Well, the other bloke went up and gave a. That's right. And gave a he big said, salute. He told that story too. Yeah, he gave the other bloke. Forget his name. Went up and gave a big salute. And Pumper didn't know if he'd won it. He had no clue. They came back. And then did he tell you about what the lady in the stand did? No. Oh, he might have. I can't remember. Yeah, he said he didn't remember much after that because he looked up and he got a old. <laughs> <laughs> he got the ACDC. Oh, blouse might have gone in the air and Pumper said he couldn't remember anything after that. Very good. Uh, look, we've got Tex here up the out of it because we've got so much, so many people want to tip the numbers. Number 19 and 14 for the Melbourne Cup, my daughter and niece's birthdays. Josh, probably as good as a way to pick it. I'm riding Luna Flair on the nose with Luna Flair into Knight's Order 1-2. Hopefully she passes the Vex check. That's 50 minutes. That's not far, Adam. We'll uh, keep our eyes peeled. 12, lots of people on the 12. We've had a couple of messages. I'm just, uh, who, yay, ma, that's for Gay Waterhouse and Adrian Bott. And um, oh, Gay Waterhouse was absolutely hilarious yesterday. She said, oh, I actually can't repeat what she said because it will sound creepy coming from me, but I'll find you the clip and play it. And somebody says, I want incentivized back. Yeah, we all want incentivized back. And if you want to know where he is, go to Peter Moody's Twitter page, and he took a video of him out in his paddock, and he said, I think the patience is going to pay off with this guy. Next year's Melbourne Cup, incentivize. Well, he's going to be in the autumn. Actually, he'll probably have too many rating points by the Melbourne Cup comes around next year. But he's going to be back, and he will be bad. He will be bigger than ever. 29 away from nine. Steve Lancaster from New Zealand Rugby, as well as Paulie Moati before the end of the show. Here's Aroha the News for Kubota, together with Shaping and Building New Zealand. <laughs> Seven away from nine o'clock. Steve Lancaster change, talking, changing the tackle height to below the sternum in all club and first fifteen rugby in just a wee bit. But tab.co.nz is where you go to get your early bets on the Melbourne Cup. And Paulie Mawati loves today because well, unless somebody jags a massive first four, you guys usually make a mint. <laughs> well, are you on a bonus? Are you on a bonus today? Oh, the drawers in the Petoni tomorrow. Like, how come you haven't seen up? Like, how come there's no like chocolates and stuff coming into the studio? The amount that we amount that we give to you, like, isn't this your day you give back to us? <laughs> didn't oh, didn't we send all that stuff to the Fox? Are you guys not there? Oh, that's right. Oh, no, so the no, other no, show, yeah. the other shows, the, the, this, the A this shows. Is, this is. Have you been listening this oh. morning? It's been TAB all morning yeah. since six o'clock. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, you're right. The Fox Bar though, down at the Viaduct. I've got a big session on afternoons and drive. Staffy's dressed up to the nines, so it'll be good, Paulie. What's uh, what? How do you usually view the the big dance? Um. Oh, usually on a 
a big screen here uh, at headquarters in Petone. So uh, I'm looking forward to it. Can't wait for it. it it's it's really starting to uh, bubble now. Um, we, we've noticed uh, quite a significant uptake on activity on the website. Um, so get on it. I, I just can't say this enough, uh, Louis. Get on early so you don't miss out. Um, Unless you want the drift I'm on just... Dover Legend. And then wait, wait, and, then, and, then, <laughs> and then you're not going to get it anyway. It's unlikely, unlikely. Um, but yeah, yeah, we're, we're, this is a huge, huge day, and especially for you boys up in Auckland because you guys couldn't get out and about last uh, year, um, still being under lockdown. But oh, I'm glad true. to see that. Glad to see that you, you know, you're you're free out. Out there, and uh, of course, you'll be down at the Fox U boys, um, and there'll be plenty of TABs to head into, plenty of bars and restaurants doing stuff. So, get out there and, 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 and have a wee bit of a go. You know, we've got an enhanced bonus back promotion on the first four races uh, from where is it, Wingatui, Pukekohe, uh, Flemington, I love and it. Sydney. I love it. So, and that's Pooley, a great way to build a bank. Yeah. Pooley, there are some bets that are so easy to have using your uh, bonus back. So I've already tipped one out. Exchange, race number four. It's a six-horse race at Wingatui. Exchange is a good horse. Then you've got Val de Zoldo, the short one of Pikey's in race two at Pukekohe. That thing's got really good form behind Legato. It was trapped wide and boxed on nicely. And Tidal Force in the first also. Or you could take Richie's runner in there as well so that's just three that i managed to circle and then essentially you can just look it's it's a great day to just be playing in that under 50 dollar category just and then just stack your bonus backs up bonus bets up and then just have a little bet on every horse in the melbourne cup and you're gonna find the winner (laughs) i like the way you're thinking louie um, that's right. You've got a you've got a chance to pick up a few bonus bets before the big race this afternoon um, by taking part in our enhanced bonus back uh, on the first four races from those four meetings today. Um, there's also the boys have also put together uh, a power play um, for the Melbourne Cup where you can combine up to five horses uh, to finish in either the top ten, the top five, or to win. Um, and you just mix it up. So I, I think I heard Kempe say he was quite keen on, what was it, Realm of Flowers, yep. Smoking Romans, yep. um, who are Stockman. Yep. Um, so he could he could go into the uh, power play and just take them all to finish top five or top ten um, and get a little in, in-race multi going. Yeah, beautiful. I think you. I think we'll do that. We'll build one before the end of the show, Paulie. Appreciate your time. Tab.co.nz. Go get your bet on early, unless you want the drift on Dover Legend. But go get your bets on early. Come on, do the sensible thing because you'll get shut out and it'll be disappointment. That's what we're trying to keep you away from. Disappointment. We want winners and we want to get our bets on. So at least if we don't have a winners, we. Although, no, you want to get your bet on and then you want to win. That's the only way to do it in that order. So make sure you have a bet sooner rather than later. After this, sooner rather than later, Steve Lancaster joins us in studio to talk through a mammoth announcement from New Zealand rugby. The tackle height is moving. Shoulder no more. Sternum. What does that mean? We'll ask Steve after this. 17 minutes away from 9am this morning. Right, we've been teasing you throughout the morning that there was a big announcement coming and it's not the winner of the Melbourne Cup. You have to wait till about five past five to get that. Um, 
I reckon this will be game changing. It'll be sport changing. You'll watch other jurisdictions around the world follow suit in certain time frames. No doubt, it's probably the only way the sport was going to go. But the headline this morning out of New Zealand rugby's announcement is that the tackle height is moving from the shoulder to below the sternum. So to decipher that language and explain why and how, we've got a GM of community rugby. He's just down the hallway and he's making a good habit of popping in every once in a while. Steve Lancaster. G'day, Steve. Morning, Lou. Hey, great to have you in, and um, this is a big day. Like, it seems like we always get you down on big days, but this is a big day for the actual sport and the game itself and the way the game looks. Obviously, player safety's driven it, but you just want to talk about what's happened and why now? Yeah, so it does seem like we've had a few big announcements in the last uh, few months, and today's certainly no different. So, um, yeah, today we're announcing that we will be uh, rolling out um, some game innovations for next year, um, two in particular that we think are really positive developments for the game. And, and, and the first of those, uh, probably the most significant, is the lowering of uh, the tackle height um, to below the sternum. Um, or for simplicity's sake, we're, we're effectively going to be talking about tackling the, the belly um, area for the tackle rather mm. than um, chest and, and above. Yeah. Hey, on that, be- on that belly tackle, because I, I had a look and a read of um, what you put out there, and not to take your thunder away, but it, I actually that's how they taught us how to tackle in rugby league. So um, when I read it, I went, oh, belly height and then mm. sternum. And we, we were taught one below and then the second guy wrapped the ball up, up top. And we actually, that's how they taught us. So they have a guy running at us. It would be one you know, head to cheek to cheek, put it to the side. And as he fall, the other guy would wrap them up. Um, and it worked. So, you know, is that the thinking of it is to – the first contact is the most important part before, because what people are going to be asking, so what what happens when the ruck and wall and the other people coming over the top? What happens to that ruling if mm. it's above the sternum? Yeah, it's really um, it's a really valid point, and same same way we, we were both taught the same mm. way, right? And, you know, the old cheek-to-cheek um, yeah. terminology around getting low to make that first tackle. I think over time, though, and certainly since you and I were taught to tackle, the game's evolved a bit, and, um, and the tackle height has lifted up, and, you know, uh, for several years now, there's been this philosophy around shutting off the ball um, you know, and trying to dominate the the collision from um, with the with the higher tackle um, or the gang tackle and the second tackler coming in, be it for league or rugby union. Um, what we're doing with this law innovation is we, we're looking to lower the the, the height of the legal height of the first tackle, so the focus will be on the first tackler tackling lower and safer. The second tackler or, or any subsequent arriving tackler. Uh, will be governed by the existing um, existing law in terms of the height of the tackle. But what our high-performance team are telling us is that the game's actually evolving away from tackles that close off the ball now, and the focus is actually on tackling below the ball to really dominate the collision. And so we're actually mm. seeing that the game's evolving again uh, beyond that. In your, innovate, in your innovative thinking, have you thought about putting a hoop around your, your jersey? Yeah, um, we have. Because it, it could be a sponsor's... Oh, like a, line, be like a, spon- a visible line. It'd be a sponsor's dream, wouldn't it, to have that hoop there, like, you know, you'd make something up, like no place for collision or whatever, you, you could sell it to anybody. But have you thought about putting a hoop yeah, that, at some yeah, stage, of the stage uh, on that jumper? It has been suggested. Um, and, and it was actually... Um, and the, the, the gentleman's name escapes me now, but it was associated with the Manukau Rovers uh, here in Auckland that was promoting a, a hoop um, um, to, to make it really clear where the tackle line was. Um, but there are a few few challenges with that. I mean, mm. obviously, not every uniform looks the same. Some jerseys already have hoops on them, and so mm. that would become potentially confusing. Um, not every body's um, shape or, or, or composition is the same either, right? So when you put <laughs> a, the no, line on a jersey, it doesn't really sit yeah, the same place on every person. <laughs> so, uh, look, we, we have thought about it, but um, as I say, we really... 
we're really trying to drive a, um, a philosophy here around tackling at, around the belly or in the mm. belly region. So, you know, you've got to have a point in law that defines the line, and so that line is the sternum, which is lower than the nipple line. Um, so, you know, there was a lot of talk about should it be the nipple line. Um, we've gone with the sternum because that's actually just below the nipple line. But really what we're trying to encourage is that the, um, the first tackle is making those belly tackles. Yeah. I guess what this will eliminate as well is, because people will say, oh, how will you ever be able to adjudicate what is the sternum line? But at the moment, when you watch rugby, and, and this isn't professional rugby, but when you go and watch um, community rugby, even it's hard to differentiate sometimes was that shoulder was that head so at least we're moving that collision and that discussion on now it'll be was that sternum was that belly or was that nipple so you might be giving away a penalty but you're still ultimately protecting the head and Dan texted and said I think the sternum rule's been in action for second 15 grade down around my place I can only assume you have tried this this isn't being cherry plucked and just dropped in He's absolutely right. We trialled it this year and we trialled it in, in selected grades across um, selected provincial unions around the country uh, and the feedback that we got from participants. So then we, um, following this season, we went out and, and we extensively engaged with players, coaches and referees that were involved in the grades that trialled the, the law innovations and this is just one of the ones we trialled this year. The feedback from those participants was overwhelmingly positive that, that this uh, not only enhanced um, the safety of the tackler and the tackled player, uh, but it actually also improved the flow of the game. So they actually thought that the game was, was a better game and more enjoyable to play with this innovation. But yeah, you, um, the text is correct that they, they would have played that in their second 15 grade this year. Yeah, right. And I, we have got a couple of other messages here, though, on the flip side saying, is there, A, will you publish your evidence? And B, is there any way that, or do you expect people to follow? Because Albie's saying, look, this will just be ignored. Like, how are you ever going to police this, especially... When the game has been looked like the game for so long, you're asking, a, this is a seismic shift. We are talking, if we'll change the way the game is played. So how yep. do you expect it to be followed? Yeah. So there's a few things in that uh, question, actually. So the first is, yeah, it is a really big shift. And so this is a trial for 2023. So we're not, we're not yet setting these laws in stone. And you know, for some time now, we have been um, walking the talk in terms of just tweaking with and innovating the laws um, and, and taking a leap and learn approach. So we'll try some stuff, we'll learn from that, and, and then we'll, we'll look to extend it or we'll drop it. And this year there's a couple of um, law innovations that we, we decided we won't continue with because we just didn't see the benefits that we thought we would. Um, but in, in the case of this tackle height law, um, yeah, we, look, we think, it will be, um, we think it will be widely adopted. We, our next phase is to roll out a whole lot of resources for coaches and referees. Mm-hmm. One of our learnings from this year was that um, we actually rolled out too many. And it, it, unfortunately, when we rolled out this year's law trials, probably two weeks later, World Rugby announced its four, five law innovations, and so there was a lot for coaches and referees right. um, to process. Um, and, and look, they weren't probably as universally applied as they should have been, and we've recognised that. So this year we're saying, actually, we're just going to lock in. There's, there's three trials for this year that we're going to lock in. Uh, frankly, I'd like us to be going further, but I've been counselled by my team just to, to take a breath and pause. And so <laughs> in 24, we'll probably look to, to make even further innovations. The, the key the key is the coaches, isn't it? Like you, Before you get to the football game, it's about being coached how to tackle before you actually go out there and, and, and compete. And if you get that part of it wrong, like... Where where can you give coaches too much resource? Like I don't I don't really understand that. No, I don't think you can give them too much resource, right? So and so again, that's our, our next phase. Now, coaches and referees is to develop a whole lot of resources. So that you know, in the, in the next couple of months, you'll see more content coming up online on Rugby Toolbox, our online coaching resource. Um, 
And so we'll be showing um, not only what, what the law looks like in effect, um, but also how to coach it. Yeah, that's the key. Adults. Yep. Hey, Steve, just a couple before we let you go. Um, Scott's got a great point, and this is kind of where Kempi was going. How, how does this work for pick and goes and like around that low contact area? Yeah. Well, look, it works exactly the same way as it does now, right? So, I mean, we, we, at the end of the day, we're really only changing the tackle height by a few inches here. And so, yeah, it does get difficult when... Um, yeah, when players are pick, doing a pick and go, particularly when players close to the try line, and, and they got the ball of, on their chest. Yeah, yeah. And, but as you've just said, right, even now it's very subjective, frankly, as to hey, well, was that above or below the shoulder? Um, and it will continue to be subjective, right? This is sport, not science, and it's at community level. Um, but what we're really looking to do is just lower the, the target range. And of course, referees are going to have to apply their discretion um, in, in how they referee it. And my advice to players would be don't put yourself at risk. You know, Make sure that you're well within the tackle range whenever possible. Just quickly, you've got a couple of other rules there. The halfback one's a really good one. You yeah, keep your rim away. That's an absolute yeah. must. That's and great. Just explain those ones quickly to us. Yeah, so I mean, and you see this often on TV. You see the, um, you oh. know, the, 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 the halfback from the team that hasn't fed the ball. Yes, yeah, sniping around the side of scrum. And as an, old, as an old Ford, I hated that. So, you know, we had to change that rule. But um, So now the halfback can't do that. They can't, they can't advance past the tunnel and they have to stay a metre away from the scrum. Great rule. We trialled it this year, overwhelmingly positive feedback. The grades that played in it said not only did it enhance the, the game's um, safety in terms of less scrum resets and just you know, allowing the game to flow, but actually a much better game to play. Mm. Nice. Yeah. I like that one. Makes perfect sense. Speeding it up. Look, this will be... I mean, you know, you, you would have had feedback. Uh, I wonder if it'll be something that people need to see before they can get a little bit. It might be a little bit of a time thing, just judging by our feedback we're getting here. But I think ultimately this is where the sport was going. Do you expect other jurisdictions to follow? Yeah, definitely. I mean, there are grades um, or, or other nations that are trialling stuff as well. You know, we, we pride ourselves on being world leading, and um, so we, we like to move quickly and, as I say, leap and learn. But, yeah, other countries are definitely interested in, in what we're doing. And, look, we share all this, right, because at, at community level, we're not competing well with other countries. Well done, yeah. yeah, that's right. Share and learn and, yep. and keep growing. Innovation's fantastic. Beautiful stuff. That's Steve Lancaster, GM of Community Rugby at NZR. You can go and find the stuff on their website. The press release is out there. Um, have a good read of it. Have a good read of it and see you'll, you'll see the justification and the data there, Albie, as well. Thanks, Steve. Great to have you in, and we'll catch up again. You're off the hook because we're out of time. We would have got, we're going to get you to pick a Melbourne Cup winner. But um, we'll just have to say that you would have backed the winner anyway. Right, we've just finished our 90 press-ups for the day. Together we can change the face of men's health. We're in this together. Let's do it for the men in our lives. Come Donate on. now. Go to Movember. Chip in. We're doing 10 press-ups every air break. I can't do it. I've done my hammy for the gym last night. I'm oh, in pain. Oh, I've had to take a maxagesic or whatever they call it. I'm, oh, in, yeah. I'm in agony. There's a whole box of it over there, but just to let you know, <laughs> just to let you know, push-ups don't affect your hammy. <laughs> yeah, but I'm not very tough. My upper body strength's not good, can be. Thanks very much. <laughs> hey, uh, Mac, you've got a Melbourne Cup winner sorted? Yeah, emissary. Michael Moroni, last start winner, the Geelong Cup. And uh, can Indigo I just, because I'm, I'm talking to uh, Miles Fitzner from yep. SCNZ, I had to do a little bit of homework, so I went quickly and went, yeah, Moroni, last start winner, Geelong Cup, I'll take it. Ah, oh, total, get what? on. No, hey. no, no idea. He will sledge you. He is going to sledge you. Who? Miles. Oh, that's fine. I, I'm okay with that. Box Office Radio, what time's that? Uh, oh, gosh, 10 o'clock. 10 o'clock. 10 o'clock this morning. Now, Miles is a good judge. You want to tune into that. Then you want to get around the team at the Fox this afternoon. And then the Black Caps tonight against England. Let's Come get the on, Jim. home. And just ask me. 
For logbook servicing you can rely on, you need to make the right choice. You need trained professionals who are fully qualified to service your car according to manufacturer's specifications. For real peace of mind and a nationwide warranty, book in or book online at repcoservice.com.